Hey everybody, Zach here. Just wanted to really quick say that we are back from our big hiatus. Um, I know we haven't really had an episode out since the end of March. So episodes 38 to 39 and uh, we have an extra episode ready. They are going to be coming out every single week for the next three weeks. Um, those were pre-recorded all the way back in March and April. So our newest episode, which was episode 40, which Aiden and I are really excited to share with you guys, it won't come out till the end of September. And then at that point, everything else will be brand new. But this episode, the next couple episodes were pre-recorded back in April. So all of the YouTube news and all of the, your week on YouTube stuff is older, but since this podcast is also about our journey as creators, we felt it was good to keep it in the podcast because uh, there's still stuff that we learned from it and hopefully still stuff that you can learn from it. But anyways, let me uh, let me bring this over to past Zach and Aiden. Now, I'm Zach Snyder. And I'm Aiden Matthews. And welcome back to another YouTube podcast, the one-stop shop for anything and everything related to YouTube. The show where we record it the first time and it always works out. Hell yeah. <laughs> this totally isn't a second re- attempt at this. <laughs> it's not. 12 minutes did not get corrupted. We had to restart it, I promise. Not us. We're, we got everything locked down and loaded yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Missed the yeah. entire four minute rant about feet this time. Yeah. <laughs> Shaking my Poor head. you guys. We were going to go into like wiki feet pages and like rate feet for a whole episode, yeah. but unfortunately it got corrupted. So I guess you guys won't be hearing any of that. It's a real tragedy. I try to recover the file, put it on Patreon. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I think that'll it'll be worth the it. The Lost Feet episode. <laughs> Anyways, today's episode is all about how... Uh, we're going to talk about video editing. Yeah. Video editing. This has that. been a topic that I've suggested before. And we it's it's kind of a complex topic where you could either say a lot about it or very little about it. And I think we were kind of scared of it for a while, but heck, we're going to try it today. We're going to see how it goes and uh, see how much advice we could offer in the editing field, uh, given the knowledge that we can't actually show you anything because it's an audio podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what I'm excited. Happens. Me too. I like I like editing a good bit, actually. Yes. But first, we got, uh, we got our two quick little segments. <laughs> quick. <laughs> quick lol uh, an hour later <laughs> our little uh, youtube news because we have a couple of those today and um your week on youtube trademark wow my favorite segment of all time the best i had a little stroke when i tried to uh introduce <laughs> that in the first recording he was like uh you're another uh week on on youtube trademark <laughs> like you saw oh, for like a, a solid 30 seconds it was great <laughs> it went 30 seconds let's calm down if it felt pretty long <laughs> i'm sure eternity. but anyways uh let's get into the youtube news let's jump right into the news it's ironic that you say that because we're gonna shit on keemstar a little bit uh, yay gather around children let's see what yeah. keemstar's latest fuck up <laughs> of many is. so we're not a drama podcast let's get that started Except for between me and Zach, our beef is still going very yeah, it's, strong. It's just still happening. So, uh, yeah. you know, leave us in a, put down in the comments, which one you think would win in a fist fight outside Walmart. 
<laughs> I, I'm betting on you on that one. You're like, <laughs> you're like two me's. So I'm done. I also feel that. like, I also feel like if it was outside Walmart, there'd be like no rules. So it'd be a, it'd be a little bit of a, yeah. Oh, if I had a gun, maybe. Yeah, sure. <laughs> this dude would bring a gun. He would. <laughs> I, really I don't want to die. Like, fuck off. Anyways, uh, Keemstar, this boy, so last week on Twitter, he posted this little thing. He's like, I'm trying to do some small YouTuber reviews. And he was like, so put your, you know, put your links in there and I'll review them. And he did end up reviewing like 20 different channels. And I say review, we'll, we'll keep that in quotation marks because what it ended up being was like 20 different two minute videos where he'd watch part of a video off of like a kid's channel, basically like just children doing vlogs and all this kind of stuff. And then just shit on them. <laughs> wow. So no constructive criticism. What a uh, dirtbag. A lot, a lot of, yeah, you should probably quit your channel. <laughs> a lot of those. Yeah. And, and it was just, I, I think I watched about five of these when I just kind of thought, you know, I think the reason he decided to do this was just so that he could, like, have some comedy for the day. Yeah, just so he could get his clout up and flex on a bunch of children, yeah, basically. Exactly. Which, so, believe it or not, is not how constructive criticism works. <laughs> it's not. So let that be a lesson to you as, uh, as far as not to do uh, reviews of any sorts. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was wild. But it kind of goes into the next thing that he did, which is, like, earlier today... He posted something that was like, if you're trying to be a big YouTuber, you should really stop. Are you trying to be a successful YouTuber? You, sh you should not try to make it because it's the same as being famous or a musician or something. It's just a bunch of luck. Mm -hmm. And I, I disagree. I do. I do too. I think that, I think we both think that there are, there is luck involved. Absolutely is luck involved. But a lot of it comes down to hard work. Yeah. When you, when you place all the emphasis of success on luck, it really kind of devalues all the other very important aspects that go into making yourself a success on YouTube. The biggest one being, oh, hard work, right? A lot yeah. of people are like, oh, I'm just going to get lucky one day and that'll be it. The thing about getting lucky is you have to have enough videos, enough opportunities for that to happen right you can work exactly. toward being lucky if you have a thousand videos produce like mathematically speaking about 900 of them are not going to do well are not going to get lucky you're not going to have the person that you want to see them you're not going to get your big break whatever but if you keep trying odds are at least one of those videos will do well and you'll get to the place you need to be so yes that is technically lucky but when you try a thousand times to do one thing Chances are you're going to succeed eventually, right? You have to so, work yeah. toward that hard luck. Uh, you have to work toward luck. And keep in mind that that succeeding in that mind state might not even be you becoming successful on YouTube. It might just be you becoming really good at videos or you figuring out what you want to do. And all of that is a big process. It's a big important part of the process when it comes to YouTube being able to pay your bills or like having yeah. a good community of people. Like what do you, what's your definition of success here? Right. It's mm -hmm. different for everybody. And it's also important to realize that like, if you're trying to be an actor or you're trying to be a musician, 
it's a little harder to make a living out of that if you're not big. Mm-hmm. But if you're on YouTube, like you could very easily get a small community of 20,000 subscribers and create very niche content and get like $50,000 a year from it. Play your cards right. Absolutely. So, you know, figure out what it is you want to do. We've talked about it time and time again, but it's like the, the reason I brought this up is because I don't think people talk about how the chances of success are actually much higher than you'd realize. Right. Because people just want an excuse at the end of the day. We've talked about that. That's true. A thousand yeah. times. Of like they don't want to actually work, so they got to find some weird thing to blame it on, whether it's luck or Kingstar or whatever. But it is funny making fun of Kingstar, though. That's that's great. <laughs> I agree. I think I'm going to just kind of find more dirt on him and then, you know. Like, talk about it again. Talk about it again, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, is that all you had on Keemstar News? <laughs> that's all I have on Keemstar News. I'm sorry. I should have Darn. came up with more. But, uh, <laughs> if only we had a one-hour Keemstar segment in every podcast. I'm starting our talk. Keemstar podcast this week, <laughs> so get hyped. Stay tuned. We're just going to critique every single episode of Drama Alert. <laughs> the, sh- the cinematography and Drama Alert. <laughs> get Jay the Zoomster on. Hell yeah. Make him talk about the color correction or whatever. <laughs> the shot composition in this particular episode. <laughs> of drama yeah. is bad. Anyway, next news. I want to talk next about something. news. That isn't very much like a national YouTube story, but more like a story within our own community. So yeah. not everybody's going to get this. But the point that I'm going to get to can apply to everybody. So here we go. Let's, let's tell this quick story. So, fan of the podcast, Master of Master. Uh, he's commented mm-hmm. on a few episodes of ours, wanting to get back into YouTube, wanting to make videos again. Uh, we've read some of his comments on here, all that sort of fun stuff. He puts out a video, and it's mm-hmm. about, like, streaming equipment and, like, where to start. Like, okay, fair enough. Thumbnail looks pretty good. Uh, the production value looks pretty good. He's, like, got a green screen and a chair. 40-minute video packed with a lot of information. That's all fine and dandy. Mm-hmm. But, and there's always, there's always a but, isn't there? Um, His main sentiment in the video, me, Zach, and Calfro pretty much disagree with wholeheartedly. And the reason we're bringing this up is not to like clown on master or make fun of him or whatever. That's far from it. We, we, we really don't want to do that. The reason we're bringing it up is because like a lot of people think this way and I find it to be like a very interesting topic in general. So... Yeah, I'm going to let Zach describe what the what the message of his video was and the problem we had with it. Yeah, so the the main sentiment was if you're going to be if you're going to learn how to live stream, you need to go out and buy a bunch of equipment first. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he was, you know, showing off different types of equipment and I, I think he even mentions he's like, you know, go out and get a couple thousand dollars worth of equipment before you live stream because it'll make your channel better and all that kind of stuff. Production quality would be good. Mm-hmm. And I think that the the thing that rubbed me the wrong way is that, number one, that's just not true. Like, you shouldn't go out and buy a bunch of equipment before you stream. Absolutely not. But it's also, like, cert, certain parts of the equipment are things like a stream deck. 
I don't have a stream deck and I'm doing just fine with my live streams. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people don't have a stream deck or like a shock mount. It's like, these are nice things to have. Completely mm. agree with that. And I think that for somebody that's growing, and I think this is the, this is the issue with it. For somebody that's growing, these are absolutely things you should be investing in. And but equipment a lot of itself is, is good and quality. Like he recommends right. some good stuff in here. The uh, he he has the same microphone that I do. So I, I mean I recommend it. But it's like if you're interested in learning about more equipment and you haven't listened to our episode on it, but want to watch like a, a shorter video, you can go check this out and check out what kind of equipment he's he's recommending. But I think the biggest problem here, and Master is not the only person to ever say this, like you said. No, a lot of people have. A lot We're not of people specifically calling him out. Like a lot of right. people do this. There's there's a lot of people that don't understand the difference between getting started on YouTube or Twitch or anything like that, and growing on YouTube and Twitch or anything like that. There's a mm-hmm. big difference, and a lot of people just don't understand it. The truth of the matter is, is that. If you want to get started streaming, the important thing is not how much equipment you have. The important thing is that you get started and you begin building that audience, right? Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you get exactly. that audience down, you're able to kind of experiment and grow from there. Um, the problem with buying $2,000 worth of equipment first before you start streaming is that, like, what if you hate it? <laughs> what mm-hmm. if you don't like doing it? Um, what if you're not a good personality? Like, what if you can't? bring an audience up well then you just wasted like two thousand dollars worth of stuff and granted you could try to sell some of that back or maybe turn it into a youtube thing or whatever but like i think it's a bit of a safer and smarter option to just go ahead and start streaming now and see what happens right and the other thing i want to bring up too is that and this is something that i had to learn so i'm guilty of this as well Mm -hmm. when i was starting out youtube and making videos I always complained about my own quality. Like, man, the shot could look so much better. Man, I wish I had a better camera. Man, the audio isn't good in this. Man, I wish I got some higher resolution PNGs. Yada, yada, yada. I'm my biggest critic half the time. I nitpick the shit out of my production quality. Even now, with Back to the Video Games, I can find tons of problems for you if you want me to point them out. Whether they're (laughs) green screen related or whatever. Here's the thing. Most people don't care. (laughs) Right? A lot of people do not care about production quality, especially if you're just starting out. Because I think audiences expect that if this is your first video or first channel, it's probably not going to look good, right? Right. And, And we don't give the audience that credit that they rightfully deserve of like, yeah, as long as your video isn't god awful. I mean, if you're screaming into the mic and the video is, like, recorded onto, like, a 144p camera, yeah, fix your production quality. Seriously. But, like, people are okay with 720p. People are okay with Blue Yeti USB microphones that cost $50. People are okay without you writing scripts. People are okay with JPEGs. People are okay with bad green screens, bad transitions. So long as the content itself is good, so long as you are interesting... The production value does not matter, especially when you're starting out. And I learned that firsthand. A lot of my early videos were like that. It did well. My streams did well. And it wasn't because I had the best camera in the world. It's because (laughs) people found me interesting. Exactly. And and that's the part you have to work at first before you spend $2,000 worth of equipment on stuff. 
Yeah, well, it's like I did some reflecting recently. I found a very old video that was on another guy's channel that I was in. It was like a podcast type thing. And it was like 30 minutes. And it's it's fucking awful. There's, <laughs> like, I sound like a, like a child. And my mic quality is the worst thing on planet Earth. And I did not flow well in conversation whatsoever. Um, this is at a time that I couldn't curse but like the other dude like i couldn't curse in my house but it's like the other dude was cursing like a sailor and so it just didn't work out at all it was oh <laughs> <laughs> but but i was reflecting on it because this was a time that i kind of looked fondly back on this was 2012 i had just gotten to let's plays i was a part of this community and it was it was awesome because i had like a group of people that were fine with letting me jump in a call and do recordings with them, even though my audio quality was awful and my video quality was awful. And like, it, it just reminded me that number one, it reminded me how far I've come, which is mm -hmm. cool. But it also reminded me that like, there's so many more people that don't care about the quality of your videos and care more about your personality and who you are as a person than anything else. And I worry that like people are going to watch this video like 2012 Zach and come to the conclusion of like, well, I guess I'm just not going to start until I have $2,000 worth of equipment. And I would hate yeah. that. Right. Like, right. sure. I don't want to suffer through 2012 through like 2013, 2014 Zach. None of us do. <laughs> but Thanks. I would rather I hear... He went through those years so that we got to the point where we're at now. I'm so happy people gave him a chance, right? Yeah, uh, me too. And I hate for someone going through that now to watch an equipment video like that and be like, well, I guess I'm not worth it enough to do it myself, <laughs> right? Because yeah. uh, people are self-conscious like that. Uh, a lot of people really do feel like you have to have at least almost like a TV show production value to fucking go anywhere, and that's not the case. Even today. Even today, yeah. with how much standards have grown uh, from past YouTube, that community is still there. And if you know the right people and you find the right audience, they'll love you for you, man. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's it. I don't want to... Again, nothing personal against the master. Again, the video, for, sure. for the most part, is pretty solid. I just found the topic itself and the sentiment interesting to talk about for a new segment like this. I agree. Yeah. Dope. Um... Do we want to get into the big news topic that's kind of serious? The final news topic? <laughs> final news topic, yeah. Oof. What is it? What okay, so we're in Adpocalypse 3.0, everybody. It's clout. <laughs> it's clout. Yeah. We um, did it. <laughs> we did it. We finally did it. So I'll try to make this story as short as possible because it, it really is a mess. Um... It's been found that there were pedo rings on YouTube. Whoa! How amazing is that? Who would have so, thought? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty disgusting. There are there, there was still probably are some, but YouTube has started taking action against it. Um, the issue that arises here is while, while yes, the pedo ring thing is fucking awful, and I'm glad that mm -hmm. they're starting to take care of that. Um, one of the big issues for creators at the moment is that there's this dude, and I'm not going to name him because I just don't care to give him any more attention. Uh, yeah. Attention, 
there's this dude that has constantly apparently in the past talked about how youtube's not a real job and you know we i i hate that youtubers make money from their videos and all that kind of stuff so then he when he discovered this pedal ring situation he made like a big video that got super viral about it and his his encouragement his well he encouraged youtube to get rid of this right this shit but then he also encouraged advertisers to drop out of youtube mm-hmm not that we haven't had enough problems with that in the past. And he went as far as to like get people to tweet at advertisers and say, yo, you should get, you should stop supporting YouTube because of this. And so now we're in Adpocalypse 3.0. YouTube has scrambled to try and not only get rid of the pettering stuff, but bring advertisers back. And it's been like a whole mess of things. All right, so hot first take on this. Yeah. On the one hand, mm. pettering stuff being gone, like, about fucking time. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I talked we've about heard about this. this before. I talked about it in my 2017 YouTube Rewind video. It's like yeah. one of the last things I mentioned. It's been known for a long, long ass time. It sucks that, like, it took this fucking long and it took some random guy to finally get to YouTube to be like, hey, Hey, this shit's been going on forever. We mentioned it in this podcast, like, several times. Right. And the fact that it's just now getting addressed is like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, I'm glad they're getting rid of it, but damn, that took way too long. So that's that's the one hand thing. I'm glad they're, they're getting rid of that. On the other hand, this guy sounds salty as hell that he didn't make it on himself. And so to take revenge out on everybody, just decided to find the quickest way to blow shit up and was like, Oh, pedal ring stuff. This'll do just well. Made a video, yeah. finally got the attention and viralness he wanted. Um, but I guess he's not going to be getting that many ads off of them anyway. So no, with this adpocalypse yeah. thing. And now a what? ton of creators are once again, screwed. People are having to find different ways to make money aside from ad revenue. And once again, like got to put your eggs in more than one basket. <laughs> so that's my yeah. take. I want to hear from you, Zach. What, what do you think? It, it just sucks that somebody, it, once again, somebody is salty because they didn't work hard enough or didn't make interesting enough content or whatever, and they didn't make it on YouTube. And so they had to, like, come after everybody for it. I, I just feel like that's such a shitty thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. Again, absolutely good that the fucking pedo rings is off. Because that's disgusting and it's awful and I mean it's it's obvious, right? Like obviously that shit should not be on YouTube. That shit shouldn't exist anywhere, right? I think it's the intentions though, right? Right. Yeah. Like yeah, this guy clearly sure. did not have the good hearted intentions to get rid of the pedoring. He did it exactly so he could ruin things <laughs> some more. And that and that's what makes him a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like it's Oh man. Um I and I think it's like because when you hear about his like backstory, he had another YouTube channel that was like, you know, had a few hundred subscribers. It didn't go anywhere. And then he had like this. It was like a comedy thing, quote unquote comedy. It was really just him like going around being this creepy dude to random women on the streets acting like it's funny. 
So it's like there's this whole like background story. You can look into it if you want to. I don't. I only saw this through passing. But it's yeah. I, we like Disney and uh, LOL Fortnite. Both of them took out their ads from YouTube, and those are pretty big money people. <laughs> yeah. Like, those are some pretty big advertisers, so it's like that kind of sucks that we've lost those, and who knows how many more. I think the good news here is that this one doesn't seem to be nearly as bad as the other two, and part of that is the fact that like we've had two, so like people are a bit more prepared for it as well. Right, I think so. And then the other thing is like people are already starting to come back to it, right? There are some that left and some that are quickly coming back. Um, not as bad as the first two in a long shot, but that's not for me to like undermine all the other people who are seriously getting fucked over by this. So Denny, you out there, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you had to, to deal with that. Um, yeah. me and Zach obviously don't cause we don't make ads, add money through this, but if well, you, you know, are, I was thinking about it and it's like, whatever. while I don't make direct money from ads, like I do make money from other YouTubers from editing their videos. So this does affect me this time. Yeah. And it's like, that kind of sucks. Yeah, somewhere yeah. down the line, you get affected by it. I just yeah. hate the fact that, like, and maybe this was never true to begin with, and maybe I'm wrong and you can correct me on this, mm-hmm. but it felt like in the early days of YouTube, it was kind of like one big family of, like, people looking out for each other, right? Yeah. Where if there was something wrong follow, with yeah. the community, we would all team together and fix it. That way YouTube didn't have to, right? We, we mm-hmm. had a bit of a pride about us a bit of like expectation that we were the new frontier of entertainment and we were going to put out some of the best content. And if something bad did happen, we would team together and we would raise money for charity and all this amazing stuff. But as time has like gone on, it's such a like almost high school drama esque landscape where it's, he said, she said, I'm salty. I'm jealous. And like, it's so big now. We're not even, like, a big family anymore. We're not even a community. It's, like, micro-communities everywhere, each trying to fucking ruin the other one. And uh, it really makes me feel sad a little bit that, like, we've gotten to the point now where there are active people on YouTube trying to ruin it for everybody. It's such a departure from the community we had, like, years ago. And maybe that never existed, but I don't know. It's just depressing. (laughs) I'll I'll have some stuff to talk about in your week on YouTube second about youtube drama unfortunately um but yeah i I mentioned this in the um the youtube rewind video uh episode i was like you know the reason youtube rewind didn't work is because there's no such thing as the youtube community anymore it's a bunch of smaller communities like it, it just honestly is and i do i i think that you know five six ten years ago like it was a more together like cohesive community but now it's so much there's so much drama and it 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 definitely it feels like high school and it's it's so stupid yeah i hate it i i hated drama in high school and it's like to have to deal with it now as an adult is with grown men (laughs) yeah it's ridiculous yeah that's all I had um, to say, though. This whole situation just just sucks. I hope it gets better soon. Yeah, same. Um, I'll bring up one little other thing that I just remembered uh, as far Bonus as news? Bonus <laughs> news. Um, if you do any kind of giveaways outside of YouTube, like a little website called 
Gleam, which both of us have used in the past. You can't cool. link those. You can't link those in the uh, descriptions anymore. Yep. They uh, they have basically banned that on YouTube. The people's channels, I think, have been taken down because of it. And yeah. I d- don't know the specific reason why. It's also sub for but, sub yeah. channels. Yeah, sub for sub channels have are gone or are being taken care of, which I Yay. find to be a saving grace. Holy shit. Yay. <laughs> Um, but that also means that if you ever get any kind of sub for sub comments and you're not already deleting those, you should delete those immediately because if there's too many of them on your channel, your channel can get fined for it as well. Mm, for being like so, a harbinger. Yeah, so be careful. Wasn't there, wasn't there a big thing of like, YouTube will demonetize you now if your comments are are salty or whatever? Yeah, like it's, so it's not even the quality of the video anymore. It's like now your communities also have to be in check. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It's the same, around the same reason as the, uh, the apocalypse thing, because of the the pedo rings that were basically happening within a bunch of comment sections. If any kind of comments on like, there was like a whole thing with child friendly and kid friendly channels being demonetized even though that it was like super innocent stuff and it was like family vloggers and all that kind of stuff because of this situation so mm-hmm. it's like there's still a mess that, that's got to be like cleaned up because of all of that and i don't know how that's going to all play out because i mean we've already been told no cursing you, you got to make family friendly content and now apparently family friendly content's not good either, so I don't know what to do with <laughs> Right. I I'm wondering like how are you how 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 are you expected to clean up comment sessions like I guess for me and you it's pretty easy. Like delete bad comments, form a community of like like minded people, positivity, right. all that sort of shit. But it's like manageable for us because there aren't like a ton, a ton of people. I can't imagine what like a completionist video or did you know gaming comment section is like. Like, how do you summarize twenty five thousand comments, <laughs> right, and make them all positive and and happy? I, I guess I don't know. That seems that seems almost impossible to do. Yeah, because not only not only are you like trying to get rid of the comments that are negative or whatever, but like by getting rid of negative comments, then you're going to get called out for being a um a free speech hater and oh you deleted our comment that's not right and then you just get more comments about that so it's like i don't know i don't know how to win (laughs) that's weird it's a mess uh youtube will always be a mess so i think the uh sentiment of the podcast is do your best and be careful and uh just play it by ear i i don't think that this is ever a profession that's like not volatile. Like it's extremely volatile. That's true. I think that's important to to realize. Agreed. But you know. That only took thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! We did it. Yay! Well, that's all the news today, folks. Give us all a. The news. I don't know. What is what's a news anchor? Uh, Signing off? I don't know. That's all, folks. 
I don't watch news. <laughs> I don't either. I hate the news. The only news I care about, and I really don't care about it either, is YouTube news. So here we go. That's are. mainly for this podcast more than anything. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> so, here's my question. Mm-hmm. How is your week on YouTube? Trademark. <laughs> yeah. My week on YouTube? Don't you mean two week, three? I don't know how many weeks it's been, actually. It's been a couple. It's been a couple. It's we didn't record a- last week, and then we're like two episodes ahead still, so. You really do be like that. Keep so, in mind. Uh, we're recording this on March 3rd. So whenever this comes out, I'm going to give you my week or so, last week of February, 1st of March, time frame, I guess. So hopefully that helps you. Uh, For sure. I don't have too much to say on the YouTube front. Um, (laughs) You may notice that there hasn't been a video posted since three weeks ago. You may also Mm -hmm. notice that Aiden on Anchor has taken a slight hiatus here and there. (laughs) Um, Really the only active things that have been going on are this podcast, whatever Zach edits one of them, um, and Lions Honor Gaming. Mm-hmm. Both of those things have been going pretty strong. Oh, and the Monthly Battle League channel. I finished it. I got all the videos out for February. Hey. They're all up there and ready to go for season three. That's so awesome. that's hype. I'm glad that finally <laughs> that finally ended that chapter of <laughs> trying to get all those older videos done. I've talked about it for so long, and now it's like finally finished. So... Yay, Monthly Valley Channel's doing good. Um, this podcast, doing fairly well, I'd say. And then Lions Honor Gaming. So. We're almost at 100 videos, dude. Isn't That's that wild? wild. It really is. That, we're like at 97. We were, we were just a couple boys with a dream to make a Let's Play channel in 2018. And here we are. Yeah. yeah. Until Dawn finally finished, guys. Like, yeah. what year is yeah. this? Last two, uh, <laughs> the... the Two penultimate episodes got zero views, and then the last episode got three views. Isn't yeah, that yeah. epic? Isn't that epic? Anyways. Yeah. We're pretty much done with solo Let's Plays. <laughs> After Yoshi's over, we're probably going to be doing just co-op stuff from now on. Because even though it's like harder to manage and schedule, solo ones don't do that well. So <laughs> They don't do that well, and I would personally rather stream. <laughs> so there we go. So yeah. The, the Until Dawn saga, I guess. We did realize that we might be doing some live streaming on the channel. We tried one that didn't quite work as well, but we got more plans, I guess, for it in the future. So that's good. We got the framework set up. Uh, yeah. Trying to do the Lines on Nerdcast through here. We're back to doing, like, seven series. Everybody's recording their stuff this weekend, except for uh, Jay. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we have a couple series planned and ready to go, and we're ready to we're ready to kick March, dude. Like, we may have missed this first like couple of days in March, but like next week and on, like we're gonna we're gonna do pretty well. I feel we got a lot of cool series coming out. I'm very excited for that stuff. Yeah, and if you wonder why we talked about a Let's Play channel on here, because it's it's an interesting experiment. It really is. It and very much is. Yeah, starting like a Let's Play channel in 2018, 2019 is yeah. It's something, all right. It's 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 a wild, it's a wild thing. I've definitely grown mm-hmm. from it though. With all the challenges of like getting everybody together and recording and stuff, it's it's taught me a lot along the way. So. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Friends. But Aiden, how come <laughs> Aiden on Anchor and Back to the Video Games didn't like upload for the past couple of weeks? Well, kids, uh, your boy 
Hell yeah. Wait for it. Wait for it. Uh-huh. Dropped out of college. <laughs> Let's go! Yeah. One of yeah. us. One yeah. of us. Yeah. yeah. It happened. It finally happened. I, I, I bitched about it for enough time, and uh, it finally went down. And not even in, like, a very dramatic way, either. It was just like, yo, I've been depressed for, like, three years, <laughs> and I want to talk to somebody about it that isn't, like, Discord. <laughs> so I, like, called my mom, and we talked about it. And we're like, yo, I'm fucking sad. <laughs> and I think college is part of the problem. And I'd rather just like do internships and have Zach help me with freelance video editing. She's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> and so that was it. <laughs> I'm out of college now. And I'm going to be trying to do some internships and have Zach uh, teach me the ways of freelance editing alongside taking some therapy and some good old antidepressants. So... That's where we're at right now. It's been a it's been a wild <laughs> February, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. But in between all that drama and such, I've moved back home. All my equipment's back here. I showed Zach a picture of my stupid wild setup. Uh, <laughs> we're pretty much ready to go as far as making new stuff again. So be on the lookout for Aiden on Anchor. Be on the lookout for Back to the Video Games. Be on the lookout for Aiden finally not being a fucking depressed sad loader boy. half the time <laughs> that's the most <laughs> exciting part for me sad by xxx tintusiuni yeah 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 that's uh that's dope i know last episode we talked about this and uh got in like the real boy hours for a little bit and so really i'm did. glad to i'm really glad to see that you're doing better and you figured out what you're gonna do f- at least for now and you know the move mm-hmm. forward just hype it's a it's a transition period for sure, but it's a I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. That's awesome. But that's I think that's pretty much Yeah, I can't think of anything else in particular. So Zach, how was your week on YouTube, Chief? Yo, let me tell you. Alright, so a few things happen. I'll get into like the YouTube the my you personal YouTube shit right quick. Um now I watched five shitty Adam Sandler movies, did videos about them. That was epic. <laughs> that was uh, the first annual Adam Sandler week was a success. Yeah. What um, was your favorite out of out of the five? As far as movies go, I was excited to rewatch Fifty First Dates. As far as videos go, I'm actually really happy with the Jack and Jill video. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I hated that movie, but boy, was that a fun video to make. That video was a trip. Um, what what was super cool about these videos was I was going to start writing scripts, and I was like, man, I'm not feeling this. I'm getting too analytical with these shitty movies. and I, I just, So I ended up just like recording them back-to-back, uh, unfiltered, unscripted, and I think they turned out really well because of that. I do, too. Um, thank you. They really I, 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 one of the struggles that I've been having lately is like, as far as the creativity goes behind these videos, I, I like doing scripts, but I feel like they hold me back. And so I've, I've started to, and I got a couple of videos I haven't been able to put out um, the proper schedule this past week. But I have a couple of videos ready to go up as soon as I edit them. And I tried them without a script. And I think they also turned out well. So I think I'm going to start doing like little outlines, little notes. And then going from there, because I, I feel like 
I basically, when I write my script, I like read it out loud anyways. So I think Gee, that would be a good little creative where have I, thing. Where have I heard that approach before? Hmm. I don't know. Let me think about know. it. Uh, maybe, maybe that Aiden of Blue Couch Productions guy kind of kind of does a similar thing to it's that. Possible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> no, I'm excited to see how how you do with that uh with that scripts stuff in there. Um, yeah. If the Absalom reads anything to go by, it should be good. I'm excited because I also like some of these videos that I've made on Yarbrough Nerd recently have been like they've been fine it's like they're good movie reviews i think but it's not like there's a whole lot of jokes there's not a lot of entertainment value to them and it's if somebody was to re-watch episodes of the show those are the ones that they would actively skip i feel like hmm. so i i really want to i want to make each episode entertaining and unless unless i'm going into like Let's have a really good idea for some super analytical shit, which is possible, and I do have some ideas down the pipeline for that, but I, I really, I like making people laugh, and I, I really want to keep doing that as much as possible. So, yeah. Yeah. That's that. Um, finishing up the Oscar stuff this week, because did not get those done in time for before the actual Oscars happened. You haven't even got to the Best Picture winner. I haven't. I haven't. The I, have, I have three more, three more videos there. Two of them are um, about the individual movies, and then I have my little ranking. And then I need to catch up on the rest of the anime this season because I'm behind on that shit too, and get that video out hopefully this week. And then um, got a bunch of other shit. I got. Uh, I decided to start doing premium episodes. I think I mentioned that last time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually I have the idea for that video this month so i'm excited to do that and i'll go ahead and mention it in case anybody wants to have on that patreon um <laughs> but uh I, i'm gonna do a ranking of the characters from all the adam sandler movies i talked about this year whoa so think pokemon waifus but with adam sandler characters <laughs> that'll be good that'll uh, be really good Excited for that. And then next month, I'm going to do like a top 10 uh, Dark Souls clones. And it's not going to be legitimate. So it, it should be funny. I'm excited miss the about good that. old shitpost videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think those would be really good for the, uh, the premium episodes. Premium Other than fun. that, I put out a super cut. Did I mention that last time? I don't think I did. No, you didn't. This is new. Uh, I put out a super cut of the first 50 episodes of Your Everyday Nerd. And wow. I got more views than a few of my other videos, which is hilarious. But uh, good old patient. <laughs> the mad lad. <laughs> the mad lad. <laughs> here, the mad lass, if you will. Uh, decided to watch the entire 10 hours and 12 minutes. Jesus. Um, in one sitting. God. I, I don't know why. But uh, I appreciate the watch time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you yeah. do. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was funny. I, I just kind of did that as an experiment. I wanted to see how many hours I made the show. I took out all the ads and sponsorship stuff. Um, and I just figured, well, maybe, I don't think anybody's going to watch this, but I want to upload it anyways. And uh, she was like, yeah, I'll watch it, sure. 
Didn't even ask I her. I was. Just, I didn't ask anybody. I was just like, here's a thing in case anybody wants to ever see it ever. And she did it. And I, <laughs> I thank her for it. You know? It's easy to marathon. In one video, yeah. you don't got to click on them. Don't have to worry about YouTube autoplay. It's yeah. all right there. No ads. It's good. No ads. Would it have been yes. another hour with the ads, or how long do you think it would have been? Probably another couple hours. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Because it's 50 episodes, and at least, like, 30 of them had little ad spots, so I don't know. Hmm. But I didn't feel like those should be in there for a super cut, personally. Because most yeah, of them we gonna, are done anyways. When are we going to do the uh, YouTube podcast super cut of all 38 episodes? <laughs> I got you. <laughs> that'd probably be like 300 hours or something stupid you can't even you wouldn't even be able to upload that to youtube that's the probably thing. <laughs> yeah it'd be interesting though it'd be it, funny it would, it would take three days to render so i'm not about that life <laughs> yeah nothing else going on <laughs> not nothing else going on i'm just gonna sit there and watch it render for fucking ever <laughs> watch some anime yeah. let that watch render anime. yeah you're right you're right um but yeah, that's that. I don't think I have anything else to talk about the show. Uh, we talked about Lions Under Gaming. This podcast still making it happen. But I had a, uh, a big little event this week that was not fun to deal with. Um, and I haven't actually talked to you about it. I talked a little bit to Jay about it. But um, one of my clients, and I'm not going to mention specifics because I really just don't want to have any more drama brought up. But one of my clients uh, recently got 100,000 subscribers and there was some drama started by some other channels surrounding his channel and uh, it's been a shit show. Yeah, I've seen some of the backlash and stuff on Twitter. Seen, uh, yeah, up. it's it's wild. Um, again, don't want to mention specifics because I think we're at the end of it. Hopefully. I hope we are. Um, but he's going to take a week off. Uh, which means that's a week of work that I'm not getting from him. So that's a little bit unfortunate. Um, but it's just been it's just been kind of heartbreaking to like see how he's had to deal with all of this. And I've had to deal with a little bit of the drama. It's not much, but like being his editor, you know, I, I have to edit some of the videos, like the apology stuff and like shit, man. It, it just goes to show that even when somebody who has really good intentions uh, – there's still people that want to start drama Shit. on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. So that that has affected my week a good bit. Um, again, not as personally as it affected him, but I feel like it's important to mention because it taught me a very valuable lesson. I might have to deal with this. You might have to deal with this at some point. You know, you never know. One day. Yeah. yeah. And so... I think the, the biggest thing I learned was to just not respond to anybody. I'm very surprised. Like, I put out a little tweet thread kind of defending him, right? Because I mm -hmm. felt that he's just getting a bunch of bullshit for no reason. And I had I had about five or six different comments in response to my tweet, like, trying to shit talk me and trying to be like, well, he, what do you mean there's no unwarranted drama and all that kind of stuff? And I just ended up not responding to any of them because I feel like if I do respond, it won't be nice and it won't be worth it. That's what it comes down to, right? Right. You said your piece. You said all you had to say and that was it. Exactly. None more needed to add. I think so. 
So if you're uh, if you're in any kind of YouTube drama at any point, it might no be good to, to just <laughs> walk away, not do anything. If you're personally involved, um, I, I think being the bigger man or woman, you know, whatever, bigger person is probably the best thing to do because there's people that are just relentless and it doesn't matter how many times you defend yourself, they'll just find another way to say like, you're not doing shit the way they want it to be done or whatever. Everybody's got issues. Yep. Mm. But um it sucks to hear. Yeah, yeah, that's been that's been a little little rough. But other than that, I'm still somehow paying rent every month. <laughs> I don't know how, but it's happening. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Good shit though. Good shit. Um Excited about your everyday nerd as always. I'm, I'm really looking forward to some videos I'm doing in the future. Did you mention your solo podcast? Yo, I started another podcast because <laughs> lol. I know I've done too many of them. <laughs> um, really, I, I'm looking forward to this one just because it's. I have no expectations. I don't expect anybody to listen to it. I don't expect it to grow. It's really just for me, um, and it's called the Come Up. It was originally a little show I did on IGTV. Remember that? We talked about it. I remember. We did talk about it, and I was, I was excited about it for some reason. But uh, I stopped doing Instagram TV like literally two weeks after it started, just because there wasn't anything there for me. Maybe I'll go back to it in the future. But anyways, to come up, the whole premise is, I want to talk about my journey as. Not only a YouTuber, but a creative entrepreneur, and like I'm still at the beginning of this journey, as most of us are. And I want to talk about that and go a little bit more in depth as uh, as to the specific struggles and successes that that brings, rather than just like rather than just using this podcast that we're doing right now, because we talk about that stuff. But there are certain things that I don't get around to talking to on the third week on YouTube because it's not particularly relevant to to that. Yeah. So, I've watched the first episode and it was pretty good. I haven't caught up on the cool. other four yet. <laughs> but I'll probably yeah. like binge them or whatever. That seems to be how A non Acre functions is like people don't really <laughs> yeah. watch them when they come out. They like wait a little while. Like, oh, there's like four of them. All right. I got nothing else to do. I won't fucking finish through these. <laughs> just, just listen to Eat yeah. and talk about shit. Listen to Zach talk about shit. Yeah, I, I'm excited for it. I, I have a couple of other ideas for episodes. They're not going to necessarily be on any kind of schedule. I did the first five, five days in a row, and then just haven't been able to do anything for a week. But I, I like the I, I like the idea of it, and I think it'll be fun to do. Fun's not the right word. Uh, therapeutic? More, more therapeutic, cathartic, yeah. Because... I mean, there's a lot of shit that comes with trying to make all this stuff happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I just want to be able to like, you know how Gary V always talks about documenting your journey and all that kind of stuff. I just want to be able to do that properly without making it this big vlog series that I have to edit all the time. And <laughs> all that it's kind of stuff. a little bit more small scale. There ain't nothing wrong with that. I think so. I think it's dope. But, uh, yeah, that's that's been the week. That's been the last couple of weeks. On YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah. Trademark. Gotta hit it up with the trademark. 
super important. Never forget. I think so. But anyways, let's get into our main topic, boy. Only an hour in, and they're finally getting to the main topic. What the? I F? have to read. I have to read part of a comment right quick. Um, <laughs> our, our our good child patient says. Welcome to another YouTube where we spend over an hour not talking about the subject. KXD. <laughs> Got him. We did it again. Writes, I wish she writes a novel, but we'll get into that in the actual comment section. But yeah. We'll get into the novel. I think it's that's hilarious because we did it again. We did it again, everybody. It's not intentional, Oops. right? The intention so. is not for us to derail or like not talk about the thing at all. And I feel like some people get the wrong impression that, like, oh, they spend an hour talking about all this other stuff, and so the main topic gets cut off prematurely. No, we talk about both for as long as we want to, right? There's no, like, there's no time limit on these. So, like, if you're worried that we just spent an hour on all that, and we're only going to be able to spend an hour on editing, like, we could go two or three on that if the topic's interesting enough, right? We don't limit ourselves so, yeah. like that. Uh, when we record these, we record these. <laughs> we literally kind of block out a lot of time to do them. So don't feel like your main topic is, is not getting enough coverage because don't worry. We spend all the time we want to on each on each thing. And again, I, I like to say this quite frequently because, you know, just in case we have new listeners, they don't quite understand. I think this podcast is more than just a advice podcast for youtube and how to grow and do all that kind of stuff i like the fact that we talk about our own personal journeys because not a lot of people do that and i think it's valuable information to just see you know what it does take because your journey is going to be different than ours but it's not like we're we're not going to face some of the same struggles throughout it Mm -hmm. so yeah with all that being said, though, let's hop into the main topic. We are going to talk about video editing. Uh? <laughs> What's that? That was my Adam Sandler impression. I don't know. I wasn't trying really all that It was hard. fine. Well, I mean, he's not trying either, let's be yeah, honest. You know? You know <laughs> like this podcast, Adam Sandler just kind of puts an episode out whenever he, whenever he feels like shits a movie out. That's about accurate to the comments. sister looks just like adam sandler stupid editing (laughs) yay editing Uh, is a thing that i didn't know you could do until a year into my (laughs) two years into my uh youtube career did you used to think like they just filmed it all in one go and then uploaded it somehow no it's crazy i'm being i'm being a bit facetious i just didn't edit it okay i guess i came (laughs) down to i did (laughs) Well, okay, that's not entirely inaccurate. My One of my first videos was, like, some Windows Movie Maker trailer for some show that I was going to do. And then I, I worked on that, and I did edit that, even though, again, Windows Movie Maker, not good. But um, I didn't actually get into, like, editing my Let's Plays and all that kind of stuff until about two years, two or three years into doing YouTube. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 I guess 2012 Zach, that's for sure. I guess I'll take you back in uh, my history here. Um, by the time Blue Couch Productions started, I'd been mm-hmm. like editing a lot of my stuff through there. So ever since the beginning of this channel, I, I've edited every video pretty much. Um, some more than others, obviously. 
right. if you want to go farther back to Mr. Mario 952, which has now been renamed to the Splutter Show, uh, those Splutter Show episodes were edited on Camtasia Studio, which used hey. to be my my old editor of choice. Sam. And then before that was probably like Windows Movie Maker home movie type shit. Mm. Uh, but I don't remember those days a whole lot. So I went from Movie Maker to Camtasia Studio to Vegas. And now I'm trying to do a little bit of Premiere on the side to kind of build my knowledge up on that as we went along. But yeah, I think even early on on YouTube... I did at least some form of editing here and there. Nothing like large scale until Blue Catch Productions, but if you go right. back and watch the Splutter show, like there's obviously cuts and transitions and gameplay and all sorts of shit in there. Nothing amazing or anything, but like enough to learn from. I learned a lot of editing from doing that and from doing like Duper Brothers Let's Plays. That's where I first right. picked up Vegas and learned how to edit gameplay and stuff like that. So that's kind of my journey through editing over the years to where I'm at now. A lot better now, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Holy shit. Yeah, I used Windows Movie Maker to do all my Let's Play shit and then eventually got Camtasia. Um, used that as the editor for a long time. Like all the way until like 2015, 2016. Uh, but I also got Premiere Pro Elements around the same like 2014 2015 i dabbled in that but i never really got super into it until around 2015 2016 uh that was when i i think 2017 i got a job as a web developer they gave me like a subscription to premiere pro and the entire creative cloud shit and uh now i can't live without that so i get to pay pay a monthly subscription every month yeah boy amazing um but i love premiere pro i love the whole adobe creative cloud shit and uh i would be lost without it yeah and that's where you're gonna find the differences kind of like when we did our thumbnail episode i mainly go with vegas which is not free uh don't ask how i got it and uh zach (laughs) does all the adobe stuff so there are gonna be a few differences throughout this episode like how we do certain things is different between both platforms but i've used both a little bit and there are Mm -hmm. a good bit of similarities mainly the basic stuff is similar throughout both so that stuff we can cover rather easily through there um yeah as far as recommended editors the three big ones that i hear a lot of people talk about is premiere um which is like movies a lot of youtubers use Vegas was kind of like the gaming editor for a while, and I don't know how it got that reputation, but every, like, every, like, Let's Player or Call of Duty YouTuber or whatever had, like, a billion Vegas tutorials, and then I just kind of learned through that how to do other stuff. And the other one I see is uh, Final Cut Pro for all you Mac people out there. That's kind of the big Mac-exclusive one. Um, MKBHD does his editing through that. If you own a yeah. Mac or anything of the sort, that's good. And then just to throw out like a bonus, like fourth option, Camtasia Studio is still good. It has a few things that it does better than Vegas, in my opinion. Um, but it's like a bit more expensive, and I don't recommend it's overly priced people yeah. going down that route. And then there's also like Movie Maker as well. But the three main ones: Vegas, Adobe Premiere, and Final Cut. 
So whichever one fits yeah. you personally, uh, go with it, learn it. You'll be fine with one of those three. I'll also say that I know that Calfro uses iMovie and he does really good work on his videos. Like I don't even know how he does some of the shit that he does on iMovie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like I could do those in Premiere, but I didn't know you could do all that in, in iMovie. So definitely check that out if you're on Mac and you don't want to pay for software. Um, and DaVinci Resolve, it's a little bit less intuitive. But if you want to get into like movie editing and do like a lot of color correction and all that kind of stuff it's i believe it's free and it's it's like a one of the like industry standards with uh filmmaking there's a lot of free editors out there yeah there's there's a lot of free ones it used to be like the only free ones you get were like movie maker and iMovie but now there's like a lot of good affordable cheap or even free options out there not every editor has to be like five hundred dollars which is which is a plus the three main ones i mentioned do cost money to use you either buy it outright or you do a subscription model like zach so uh, be prepared for that however you want to deal with that (laughs) i would recommend if you have like 20 bucks that you're willing to pay for adobe creative cloud a month and you're a student you can get that student discount um I would recommend that if that's something you really want to get into. I think what it comes down to is, do you know the basics of editing? If so, then maybe you're like around the time where you can start investing in an actual software. If you don't know the basics of editing, or also if you're like brand new into YouTube, then don't spend money on an editor unless you have that money to just kind of blow. Because I agree. again, if you don't like it, then you're just going to be wasting money. Not even that, like, even if you do like it, I found for the first year of, like, hardcore series editing was very mm-hmm. much a lot of uh, roadblocks. It was like, oh, wait, how do right. I... No, I want to... Fuck, how did I... That for a while? And so that's, like, fine Same. if it's paid for. But if you're paying money, like, every month and you're getting past those roadblocks a lot of the time, you really can't get much output out of your first year. Uh, especially if you're learning the ropes and, and doing it that way. So maybe wait on that so you kind of get an idea of what you're doing. <laughs> right. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. And I, I, number one, I think all, almost all of the editing techniques and tricks and all that kind of stuff are transferable. You can do the same things on one program as you can another for the most part. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. They might be different heart keys, shortcuts, menus, and all that kind of stuff. Pretty much everything is transferable. However, I will also say that when I started getting Adobe Creative Cloud, um, I didn't want to waste my money. And so Mm -hmm. I learned how to edit a lot faster. I watched a shit ton of tutorials and I just kind of dug in there and really learned as much as I could early on so I wasn't wasting my money. and now I edit at least one video, sometimes two or three videos a day. So I think that it's, you know, I, I think it's a good investment if you like editing and you want to get into it a lot. But I wouldn't recommend it to a beginner at all. Another thing I want to say about editing as far as like hardware and software wise, um, it is fairly important to have a decent computer. Uh, most editing programs will work fine on any computer. 
but mm. render times especially can have you waiting there a lot longer, especially if you have a garbage computer. Or mm. will crash on you if you try to put in too much footage. So, like, be aware. You kind of have to have a decent... I'm not going to say gaming computer high-end stuff because I got away with a lot of shit on a bad Windows computer and laptop for a long time. Same. Just know it helps a good bit if you also have a good computer to help render times go faster and help the program genuinely run better because it takes up a lot of memory. Um, and you got to be aware of that. Yeah. Premiere is like that, so keep in mind, have at least like 16 gigs of RAM if possible for that kind of shit. Um, but yeah, if, I again, I, I think that if you're just starting out and you're looking for an editor, start with something cheap to free, figure out how to use it first, and then you can start investing in the required technology to make that faster, make the render times faster, all that kind of stuff. Kind of learn as you go a little bit, a little bit of that. Right. As far as other hardware things, I will also. You don't have to have it. Something that helps me a lot though is having a good pair of headphones. Um, oh, same. I I lived for a long time editing through speakers, and when you're playing the same fucking thirty second soundbite over and over again, trying to figure out where these two audio tracks sync up kind of will drive you mad <laughs> a lot of the time especially when other people in the other room have to hear it because it's playing through your speakers but you want to make yeah. sure it sounds good so you turn it up get yourself some decent headphones preferably not a lot of bass in there you kind of want something natural sounding will help you with editing your sanity and how to level your audio as well but again you don't have to have it i went through shitty speakers for a long long time so yeah i recommend i think I think headphones in general are probably the best way to, do, to go. Sometimes I'll edit on my speakers, but it's like even some earbuds from the dollar store I think are better than nothing. You can usually yeah. hear you can usually hear the uh, the audio a lot better in headphones, especially for mixing and that kind of stuff. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Let's think. Is there anything else? Oh yeah, uh, editing will leave you with big files. Be sure you have oh, some yeah. way to, to hold on to that. Um, in the early days, it was, oh, I only have space for one video. Render that video, upload it, delete it, move on to the next project so I have more space again. Mm-hmm. Now, thankfully, it's hard drive on top of hard drive of shit. <laughs> and even yeah. then, typically I'll just download the YouTube version and get rid of the huge-ass rendered one instead so I can make room for Steam games and other garbage. Storage definitely is a concern. As you start to work with hd files and god forbid if you're doing 4k because that's just enormous shit yeah Uh, be ready for that as well (laughs) um as somebody that professionally edits i i have to have like a couple terabytes because i work for multiple people and i edit for myself as well and so we're talking about like dozens of gigabytes a week right it's it's ridiculous um but yeah having having backup storage is really a good idea if you can um in fact like especially in the middle of projects saving that project file on multiple hard drives is probably a good idea i should probably do this more but i um, definitely don't i need to start doing it more (laughs) yeah it's just very upsetting when you work for hours on a project and then 
something goes wrong and oh there goes the video better restart agree it's uh, uh not a fun thing but i think that's all the hardware and software things recommendations i have do you have any others before we get into like general how to edit stuff um no i think that's it that's it for me okay so welcome to aiden and zach's editing class 101 i guess not really uh <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna teach you a couple of basic moves i'm not gonna tell you how to fucking do some crazy cross dissolve shit but like i'll, I'll give so you a little order, bit of knowledge <laughs> in order to color correct you need to go into adobe Premiere pro and click on it no today. yeah and we're yeah. I, i'm just trying to give an introductory level of like I'm a guy who don't even know what the fuck editing is. How do I do this shit? How do I do that? Okay. Try to help you here. So, in most every editing program, the main part you're concerned with is the little section at the bottom called the timeline. And you'll notice it's the timeline because that's where, like, the time code is and all these seconds are at. And there's typically a good bit of space there. In this said timeline, you can put tracks on there. In Vegas... It's either an audio track or a video track. I know different editing programs have different ways of organizing tracks, either by, like, color or weird shit like that. Anyway, um, the timeline is where you're going to be moving all your video and audio tracks, editing them, cutting them together, all that sort of stuff. It's where you're going to be spending most of your time. But there are other sections of editors I want to talk about. Um, There's the part where you're able to upload your files to. In Vegas, it's, like, top left. I think in Premiere, it's, like, a bottom section. It's all customizable. It. It's all customized, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's important to know because you got to know where your files are at. There's typically also a preview screen that'll show you what your project looks like. Um, in Vegas, there's even settings to change the preview to look, like, good or bad, depending if you need more speed or whatever to make it run better. Same um, Premiere, yeah. You'll have project settings in there to tell you what files you're dealing with, frame rates that'll tell you what it's dealing with, your display itself. And then there's all sorts of other special tabs full of transitions, text, uh, video effects, media generators, options, all sorts of bonus shit um, that you don't need right away. But those in Vegas are the three main sections where you dump your files, the fucking preview screen, and the most important thing in every editing program, the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's more stuff in Premiere, so if I missed anything, feel free to add. I would say just in general, no matter what software you have, the first thing you need to do when looking at a piece of software is learn the layout, right? Yeah. Like, all of that shit is, is, is important. And luckily with something like Premiere, you might even be able to do this with Vegas and other programs. I don't know. But I know with Premiere, you can customize the layout. You can get rid of windows that you're not going to use, which I do. Um, and you can save that as a default workspace. And that's very helpful if you want to just kind of like have a workspace for videos that take minimal to no editing and have a workspace for certain for videos that you need to do color correction or whatever, right? Like there's, there's a lot of background um, settings and information and and a lot of these programs mm-hmm. that you may never need to touch because you record Let's Plays. <laughs> That's true. Right. It depends on so, sort of the project you're working on. Right. So, like, keep in mind what kind of videos you make and figure out, like, what's the most important thing and then go there. 
mm-hmm. for any video, the first thing you need to know is the first thing you need to do is do a rough cut. And mm-hmm. essentially what that means is get rid of any dead air, get rid of any footage that's not important, go through all of your footage, depending on the video, some videos will you'll have 20 different files that you have to go through. So getting all the audio synced up and all that kind of stuff is the first steps. And then you go through everything. You watch back everything. At least this is what I do. Watch back everything. Get rid of anything that doesn't need to be in there before you start trying to do any kind of fancy shit. I agree. And I kind of want to get into more of that rough cut stuff uh, now to start off with. So once you get your media files in there, whatever it might be, MP4, whatever, formats are a whole other deal that I don't want to get into. Uh, <laughs> fucking yeah. drag that shit on your timeline. Make sure you have all your clips available from the beginning. If you have any images that you want, go ahead and put that in there now. Audio tracks, audio recordings, voiceovers, video, B-roll. Throw all that bitch in there in your editing (laughs) program. Uh, Organize it if you want. I know people do that. I'm very messy. I I just throw it all in there and know what it is because I've done it a thousand times. Um, But some people want to organize it. That's fine. Anyway. What you want to do now is start getting that shit into your timeline in one form or another. I typically like to start with just the video and audio, so not a whole lot of images. I'm not doing animations, transitions, text, intros and outros. I'm talking strictly, like Zach said, base video and audio. First things Mm -hmm. first. Put that in your timeline. Now, rough cut. What, What is a cut in general? Basically, you are essentially cutting or splitting part of a track so let's say i'm doing a this podcast and uh, i get a phone call or whatever and i'm like zach i gotta stop the podcast or whatever he's like fine that's good so i do the phone call i come back and we continue to record well if you were to edit that you would want to cut that out so you do a little cut there's different ways to do it in all sorts of different programs it's there's hotkeys for it you can right click on it and cut um, there's like a tool that you can do it in Premiere, but what you can do is cut out that part where I was having that phone call and then put the other two clips together. That way it seamlessly flows from one clip to another. And because you were able to cut out all that filler stuff, the video flows a lot faster. So cuts are basically the first important editing move that you want to master before anything. Like if you know how to cut, you can get a lot of stuff done just based off that alone. And it's not even mm-hmm. that hard at all. It's very easy to do. I agree. Um, and you mentioned something about like hotkeys and like right clicking and all that kind of stuff. Another very important thing that I would say from the very get go when you start using your software, after you learn the layout, I would highly recommend learning hotkeys. So Save you a lot, a of, lot time. of a lot of people know the basics like Control C is to copy and Control V is to paste. A lot of people know that kind of stuff. And those do transfer into most editing softwares. But if you can do things like, uh, I know in Premiere, I use the uh, speed up hotkey a lot. I speed up and slow down the videos because when I'm watching a 40 minute video that I need to edit down to 10 minutes, I don't want to spend 40 minutes doing that. I want to spend 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I can watch back, watch that back at half sp- or double speed get through a, a hell of a lot quicker that way. Uh, so learn those hotkeys. Learn things like 
like uh, cutting, I don't even use my mouse for that. I use the uh, I actually have it set to my X keys because I use uh, Control and Z and other buttons near that. So okay. a lot of these hotkeys are customizable, which is really nice because you can also use something like uh, like a mouse and that have uh, like macros on them. Yeah, those not are cool. nice to have extra keys. Love that. I a couple of my hotkeys are on my mouse and it makes shit so much easier. So highly recommend just spending a, a couple hours. Um, I actually need to learn more hotkeys. I don't know everything about my software and I should, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I got the basics. I got, I got what I need down, right. which is, you know, what I'm, what I'm pretty much need at the moment, you know? You learn what you ha- what you have to have, basically. But for everybody, right. cutting is just something you're gonna want. <laughs> so first, exactly. That and was I, the I think, first thing I wanted to mention. Yeah, and I think that's important too. You learn these things. You learn a lot of things about editing when you need them. I know mm-hmm. that a big part of editing is just knowing what you want to do with a video. The kind of like aesthetic side of things, and like sometimes. All you need is a basic, uh, a basic cut, and that's cool. But other times, you want to try something new and wacky. But you have to have the idea of doing that first before you know how to do it, right? I feel and like so, a, a skill that I definitely need a lot more is being able to visualize stuff that I haven't edited yet. If you, if right. you know what I mean, right? Like being able to mm. to imagine what I could do with this cut, because like. For me, it's not a problem of learning it. It's a it's a matter of like having the eye for it. I feel like a exactly. lot of people, the longer you do it, you get kind of a creative eye for things of like, oh, maybe I could do it this way. Or maybe you watch somebody's video and you're like, I wonder how they did that. Yep. Being creative like <laughs> that, picking up on those little things, write it down. Like if, you, if you're watching a YouTuber and they do like a crazy cut or a transition or a weird effect that you've never seen before, write that shit down because I guarantee you, uh, it'll help you a lot later if you want to try that for yourself. You can have a name to it. You can understand the effect. And I guarantee you, with YouTube, there's a tutorial on it somewhere, somehow. Absolutely. No, I, I 90% of the things that I've learned, probably more than that, but that has to do with editing, I saw somebody like Game Theory do that in their video. I saw the completionist do that. In his, like, it was somebody I watched, saw this thing, and I figured out how to do it. Mm-hmm. from there because it's not a matter of knowing how to do it it's most of that kind of stuff is pretty easy right. it's just not a matter of like you said having an eye for it and that's something you'll gain over time i don't expect anybody here who's new to it to be able to pick that shit out right away uh but yeah. the more you do it the more you're able to develop it and it's it, it's practice you work a muscle long enough and you know it'll get better right you work editing long enough you'll be able to understand how it works and, and, and what to do and all that sort of fun stuff. So yeah, I agree. That shit extra valuable. So back to cutting, you cut a lot of your filler stuff out. You cut all the things that you don't want. Um, and you'll learn too, that by doing this, when you actually start recording stuff again, you can help yourself out later in the edit and kind of like give your, uh, future self signals as I like to call them, I'd be like, cut this part out or wave your hands around so it's easy to see visually. Um, 
Yeah. You don't do that early on because you don't know what it's like to edit through that. Uh, but you start being kinder to yourself when you record things to kind of have a, the editor in <laughs> mind um, for that sort of stuff. At least I do. Um, One of yeah, the things I like ahead. to look at when doing like basic cuts and stuff, I almost am strictly looking at the audio file. Yeah. When I edit, like the the, the rough cuts, I'm I'm strictly looking at audio because I know that if there's dead air there, there's nothing important there, unless it's for dramatic effect or whatever. Like usually there's nothing important there. So I'm able to quickly get through those rough cuts that way just by looking at the audio file. So that's something that I would recommend if you, once you like start getting into it a lot. One issue that I had with cutting stuff in particular was, I don't know if you guys know this, but I like talking a fucking bunch um, <laughs> to the point where what should be a 10 or 20 minute video on a subject turns to 40 or 50 minutes it's through the edit that I'm able to save that and make that salvageable. The problem I've had for the longest time is, is deciding what has to stay in and what needs to be cut. And I'm not talking mm -hmm. about like dead air. I mean, like, I'm not going to let people sit through this 50 minute video of me talking. Some of my commentary has to go. And right. it's so no, sure. difficult for me to be able to make those decisions because like, I think everything I say is valuable. I think all this information's great. I don't want to cut something and be like, have the video turn out for the worse. So I like go through my mind and I'm like, okay, what's the most important thing I have to keep in the video? What's, what's on topic? What's on point? Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people, uh, struggle with that. And so what helps me is just to, just to be able to be like, what do I absolutely need? What are the main points that hit the hardest? Throw in a couple of funny moments here and there, and then just kind of streamline it, streamline it. But Man, early early days, early days of Blue Catch Productions, that was a fucking struggle of knowing what to keep and what to cut. <laughs> I like that you brought this up because it's not even just like a problem with like YouTube. This is like a thing that happens when films are being made. Yeah. Like learning how to cut and where to cut is it's an art. It's something that you have to learn by doing more of it. And it's why when they when people make movies, like almost always the movie after everything's been recorded is like four hours long. Yeah. And it's because certain shots are on the screen for too long, or maybe there's too much dialogue or whatever it may be, but learning how, where to cut in anything is, it, it definitely takes a lot of experience. You're not going to figure it out on the first video. That's for sure. It freaked me out hardcore for a while. So yeah. I'm glad. It, and there's and not there, a right way to do it either. Yeah, right. Like, right? like it, there, there's not a right cut or a wrong cut here. It's just like artistically, what am I trying to do with this video? Right? Like knowing your mm -hmm. vision, knowing what you're trying to do with it can help you a lot in those instances of being like, all right, why did I make this video in the first place? Getting down to those reasons helps me mm -hmm. a lot with being able to, to figure out what needed to be cut and what could stay. Um, for longer and then once multiple takes of stuff got involved uh finding out which take i like more visually um back to the video games there's several takes of certain segments that get altered or changed because i, I like this one a little bit more in editing even though i like the other one in recording <laughs> you know stuff like that yeah. changes all the time uh another tip i have with with editing in general is just like be flexible with this stuff don't go into it thinking that you're going to have a hard outline plan with it because so much shit happens when you put that stuff into the editing program and by the time you render it, 
could be two different <laughs> videos, <laughs> depending yeah. on how it goes. Um, you're going to need to be flexible, and you're going to need to be able to go with the flow and see what happens, right? Maybe the video you put into it is not the one you get out, and that's totally cool. That's totally fine. But don't be afraid of it, right? Be able to take that challenge on. Right. I mean, some videos, the importance is the script, right? Mm-hmm. And some videos, the importance is the shot, the camera work. Some videos, the importance is the edit. And, I mean, there's... Like, look at channels like PewDiePie, right? If this boy didn't edit his videos, he would have gotten nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, his charisma is there, and that's a very big important part of who he is. But it's like, especially his newer content, the reason it's so entertaining is because of the editing. Yep. And so, you know, like, there's been plenty of videos that I've made, and I've, I've gotten done with the scripts, and I'm like, man, I don't, I don't think this is going to turn out well. And then I record it, and I'm like, man, I'm not happy with that at all. And then I get in the editing room, I'm able to do some wacky shit and make it funny, and it turns out to be one of my favorites. I've saved several videos to the edit <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. I, I've just gotten so. used to it at this point, but like... You know, some people will get too scared or thrown off or be like, this is not what I wanted. Like, feel free mm-hmm. to change. You know, that's part of, the, yeah. part of the fun of editing is that you have, believe it or not, people think like editing is, is pretty boring and like intimidating and like it's not their favorite part of the process. If you handle it right, it could be the most like creatively fulfilling thing about making videos. If you know what you're doing. Uh, a lot of people don't know what they're doing. <laughs> it's the problem. Right. Well, because a lot of people think that editing is just the rough cut part, right? Right. But it's like, I, I hate doing rough cuts. I hate it. It's the most boring shit. It's why I speed up the video while I'm editing. Because I hate listening to my dumb self sit in front of a camera, talk about shit for 30 minutes. And it's it's like, I, I hate looking at all my mistakes. <laughs> right? It's like, it, 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 and it's boring. It's like, I'd rather be doing literally anything else. But... When I get into the actual editing of the videos, it, it's super enjoyable. Sometimes. Most of the time, it's pretty enjoyable. And, um, like, usually, my biggest thing with Your Everyday Nerd lately has been, alright, can I get the rough cuts done on one specific day so that when I actually get into the video, I can enjoy myself and maybe even spend longer than I had planned on editing this video so it's even better. Right, kind of splitting your rough cut day and your actual editing day is a good idea, I feel. It saves Absolutely. a lot of time and, and stress. And I think that's that's a good transition. We talked about how to rough cut, right? Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you did a little bit of audio editing too on the side. I'm not a great audio editor. Um, basically, if nothing's peaking or like really quiet, I'm okay with it for the most part. I know there's plenty yeah. more you could go into depth on that, uh, but we're mainly focused on the video side of things. So... You're done with the rough cut. You got all your filler out. You got pretty much the bare bone skeleton of the video. And that's what the rough cut is. It's the skeleton. It's what you're going to build stuff on top of. Think of it like a cake, right? You got your main layer. Now it's time to add the icing and the fun shit that everybody likes. So now we're into the actual edit, the part that's a lot more fun and a lot more open with stuff. This is where you can add what I like to do. I like to get my borders here. I like to get my background music here, figure out which tracks I want, deal with audio leveling stuff here, and then, most fun, the, the image editing. 
dealing with the green screen? What weird effects can I do with this? What if I oversaturate this? What if I zoom in on my face here? Those kind of things. That's the stuff you live for in, in the editing room. And in, that's the part I want to kind of transition into now. Yeah. And I'll say just briefly, if you're doing, I know I used to do this. That's why I'm mentioning it. I used to not do rough cuts and then just like edit the entire thing chronologically, put in the music while I'm editing the rough cut part, like not optimized. <laughs> yeah. Whatsoever. It takes way too much time. Don't do it that I, way, please. <laughs> I would highly recommend doing a rough cut first. That's just something that I think is important. And it, it may sound longer, like you're doing two cuts of it. I guarantee you it will be way faster if you do it that way. Uh, it may sound like it takes longer, but it doesn't whatsoever. And it'll save your video multiple times. Because yeah. then if you have to go like change anything, it's a lot easier to do than having to like exactly. go back and mess with all your minuscule edits that you made in the first three minutes of shit. Like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely agree here. So um, as far as the actual edits concerned... This is where you want to add your other tracks. So you have all your other footage that you wanted, B-roll and stuff like that, in your thing. And now you're going to put it in your timeline. Kind of separate each of those tracks off. Like I have all my PNGs in one track. I have my background music in another track. Unless they're different audio levels and then I switch them or move them around. Um, my border is in another track. And so I have all these video and audio tracks kind of organized in such a way that it's built on top of the main the main video track you want to have your main video and audio like close to the bottom because the way sort of timelines work if a track is above it then that image is going to be above that video it's kind of hard to explain when i can't show it but let's yeah. say you have a video on your bottom track and you wanted to put an image over it well you make a new track you put it above the video and then you have your image if you put it under it it won't show up so that yeah, took me a little bit sure. of time to learn <laughs> as well. Yeah, my my timelines are a lot messier. Mm -hmm. I, I usually, after I got my rough cut done, I usually just go back to the beginning of the video, uh, put in all the like regular stuff that is in every single one of my videos, my intro, my outro, any of that kind of good shit. Um, and then I start from the beginning at that point and just start watching it and figure out where I want to do zooms, figure out when I want to do any other kind of interesting edits that might make for comedic or important effect or whatever. Make it, you know, try not to make the video boring. Um, and while I'm doing that, then I start getting images that I might need or video clips that I might need. And so I'm, I'm not super prepared. Like I should be when I go into most edits, but that's also because I, I turn around videos fairly quickly. So I try to, you know, I usually do a lot of that in the editing room, getting my clips together and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Quick tip as far as intros and outros are concerned. Um, go ahead and edit and render those before you do like an episode. That way you can just drag that file in and you don't have to have like a bunch of little pieces that you got to construct every single time to make sure the timing oh, is right yeah. and everything. Holy shit. Just do that beforehand. You'll be fine. Uh, any like main pieces that you have for like every episode if you could somehow find a way to like edit those down into like littler uh, bits uh, like one thing rather than a bunch of different parts that would be really cool uh, it'll save you, you a can do that um some software i know that premiere does this i can open up a second pro a second file like 
episode 68 of your everyday nerd i can open that up and then put all the essential stuff (laughs) into into that one yeah yeah yeah. well actually what i do i have like a default file for your everyday nerd it's got all the intro and outros the patreon stuff everything that i might need for an episode that's not the main shit and i open that up first and then save it as the new episode name and then drag all my new shit into it I do that a lot with back to the video games. A lot of time. Yeah. Just a definitely a a pro tip. Yeah. Just a fair warning. The first episode of any series is going to take the longest to edit because you're kind Mm -hmm. of format is something that a lot of people like. Yeah, you can record format, but a lot of what happens as far as pacing and stuff is mainly down to the edit more than it is like recording it. And so, like figuring that out, figuring out the flow of your video in the editing thing. Uh, is what makes the first episode the longest to edit. The good news is, once you edit that first video and you kind of have this timeline and skeleton all together, it's so easy to just go into episode two and use episode one's file to sort of work off of. Uh, Saves me a lot of time with Back to the Video Games, for sure. Agreed. No, 100%. Like I said, and, and like with all my client work, I usually have pieces that I need for certain videos that are going to be the same. So having, you know, just pulling up the last file and dragging and dropping in there, if your software allows that, definitely is helpful. Yeah. I, I, I like having multiple monitors to where, like, I'll have Google Images up on one, so I'll just save an image and then drag it in for whatever I need it. Maybe it's, like, a Pokemon PNG or a Smash Brothers character. Um, I have YouTube video downloader, so if I need a specific, specific video clip, I just drop the link in there, it downloads it, and then I put it in my editing sco- software and cut out the bit that I need. If I'm referencing an old Blue Catch Productions video, same thing there. I have a lot of tools so that if I do need extra things, I can get to them fairly quickly and add them without taking a ton right. of time away from the edit. And I guess that's another Absolutely. like hardware thing. If you have multiple monitors, fucking take advantage of that shit. It is so oh, helpful. Yeah. So helpful. I, I would argue that, especially if you're getting super into editing um, and you're doing it frequently, that a, a double monitor setup or even the Mad Lads with the triple monitor, I would love to get a triple monitor set up soon. Um, like, I think it's a good investment. You can even get like an extra TV that's like 20 bucks at a yard sale or something. As long as it has an HDMI port, you're usually able to Use put it. it in there. Yeah. yeah. But like, have, don't go out on any expensive, like, you know, monitors or anything. Just figure out something that works. I have two monitors and a TV. One of which is an old VGA monitor. The other one's a new HDMI mm. one. And then the TV is just straight HDMI. And then I use all three of them together, uh, because my graphics card allows that. I can do all three at the same time, and uh, it's mm. very, it's very nice because like. Not only do I have room for all my stuff, but I can make my preview screen. Remember that preview screen we talked about earlier? You mm-hmm. can pop it out and turn it into like its own little window or whatever. So let's say I want to know how my video looks like on the big TV. I can just pop it out, watch it, watch the preview screen on the TV, and still see my editing track on the other monitor. Makes things so much easier. You get a preview monitor, you get your editing monitor, and then you have like your... Uh, images or discord monitor that's typically why i have the other one for. Yeah. yeah uh so i can keep track of stuff but 
the more screen real estate you have, the better. If you have a TV, be sure to turn sharpness down uh, or put it at its neutral state because if you're staring at it for long enough, sharpness will fuck with your eyes. Um, make sure the colors That's are neutral. Yeah. Make sure you get your TV settings down first before you start using it as a computer monitor. Um, but no, once you get it all figured out, it's wonderful. I, I would, I can't imagine life without it. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I can't do a... I mean, I have a laptop that I use for editing every once in a while, but like, man, does it suck not having a double monitor for that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it's just because like some of the videos that I work with, I have like dozens of files and I need to go find all this shit. And it's having that, like you said, that extra screen real estate, it's definitely helpful. I agree. Hardly. Mm. Uh, it's not something you need. It's absolutely yeah. not something you need. Again, I did it off a laptop for a long time. That Me sucked, too. but I like where I'm at now. <laughs> a lot so, of this was hand-me-down stuff, too. None of these monitors, except for one, I actually bought. They, they like came from an old workplace that didn't need them anymore, or like my brother had one, or whatever. It was just making sure my computer could handle it was the expensive part. Yo, pro tip, if you have a laptop and you're like, oh man, I really wish I could have a double monitor set up, but it's a laptop, LOL, you can use a uh, HDMI cable or a VGA cable, depending on the laptop, and totally turn that, like plug that into a TV or a monitor. Yep. Gives you more space too. It's wonderful. Yeah. I did that with a laptop for a few years. It's pretty effing cool. All right. (laughs) So now I want to get into some other moves that I use. Again, nothing crazy. Um, I want to briefly go ahead and explain how I zoom in on things in Vegas. So, I have Vegas pulled up on my thing, for example. So, I'm going to import my image of AidenWaves.png into my yield nice. track. And uh, let's say I want to zoom in on the wave <laughs> or whatever. So, uh, there's there's a yield crop thing. A little crop tab you can click on. In Vegas, again, not speaking for Premiere or anything. And then you have this little box here that shows up, and there's just like four white squares. You can drag these squares, and you can fucking, you can fucking zoom in on an image. And you're like, wow. And you go to your preview, and you're like, wow, it, it's actually zoomed in. And then maybe like you want to save that zoom preset for later to save yourself some time because you know you're going to be needing that zoom. There's a little preset tab at the top. You type in whatever name of the preset you want, save it, and then you can get that like zoom in every time. That way you don't have to fiddle with the links as long as you record it the same way. It's perfect. So now the whole thing is, is zoomed in. I use this all the time for like, let's say my text is too small and I need it to be big, or let's say I want to zoom into like a tiny part of footage or zoom in on my face. I go into crop, mm-hmm. get the zoom that I want, save the preset, and then never have to deal with it ever again. And I can get these nice zooms that I need uh, for for whenever. And then, like, sometimes if I don't want to do the whole animation side of things, I'll just cut out the clip that I want to zoom in on, just cut that part, and then put the mm-hmm. zoom in on that and keep the rest of it normal. And then, and then you're done. You don't even have to animate anything at all whatsoever. So learning how to zoom in, pretty important thing to do. Uh, not terribly hard either, at least in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not hard in Premiere either. But I'll go a little bit more um, more generic on the advice here and not necessarily like very specific on how to do it in Premiere because like you can look up tutorials, right? Sure. Um, 
But I'll say you made a really good point. Fucking presets, man. Yeah, godsend. Holy shit. <laughs> um, I have presets for almost everything. I have like a lot of the zoom in stuff that I do. It's usually still jump cuts, and what that means is that there's not any kind of like specific effects. It's not like a slow zoom in or anything. If I do a slow zoom in, I'll usually do that manually because I want to make sure it's specific. But um, I I have like a preset for the video to be at 110% scale. So it's not like, you know, 100% scale is the size that it it is when you put it into the video. 110% would just be a little bit bigger. But I have presets for like 100, 110, 75, 120, like all these generic ass um, sizes because I know I'm going to use that a lot for both myself and for clients. And mm-hmm. I can just like drag that onto the footage and it makes it super easy and quick. And so zoom in, zoom ins take practically no time, which is really nice. I agree. One of the cool things I liked about Camtasia Studio a lot was if you wanted to do a zoom in, you could literally click on the preview screen and fucking drag mm-hmm. it in there. So like, yeah. oh, I want to zoom in on this thing click on it manually fucking drag it on the little preview screen and then you're done and if you're like a visual learner like that shit was super helpful for me to be like oh okay i could do that and then once i transitioned into vegas figuring out how to do it there took a little bit of time but that was something cool i remember about camtasia studio yeah i mean uh premiere does you know it's got the keyframes and it's got a bunch of numbers and so it was the weirdest shit for me to go from camtasia where like you said, you're just dragging the, the clip on the timeline to <laughs> fucking numbers. I was like, what are you, what are you, how do you do this? How do you do this but, shit? Um, I think a lot of software uses numbers now. Yeah. Which is really nice to sell. Just to like break it down really quickly. Um, you'll have numbers for how big the, the video is. Like the scale. You'll have numbers for what position it is on the timeline. So moving it left, right, up and down. Um, there's, there's a 3d effect that you can use on some software. There's rotation. That's its own little number. All these different things have their own little numbers. And uh, this just goes back to like learning the layout, right? Once you learn the layout, you'll, you'll usually be able to figure everything out. Oh, and by the way, all the stuff that I said for zoom in, if you wanted to zoom out, all you would have to do is take those little white squares and just move it further away Mm -hmm. from you so you can make things smaller that way as well uh let's say i was in front of a green screen and i filmed it and i added the green screen effect and i wanted to make like a tiny me or whatever Mm -hmm. and go into that little zoom out zoom all the way out and now it's like a tiny little lane over there it's crazy hell yeah obviously my feet are cut off but i don't know maybe put Uh me in a jar or something but whatever (laughs) i I don't know you you're making the video (laughs) not me chief i don't i'm fucking however you want to do it uh, but yeah, the same is true for, for zoom outs. Um, it's just the reverse. Yeah. But um, when it comes to editing, there are a lot of different effects and transitions mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff that are built into a lot of these programs. I and still use some them. of these. <laughs> same, same. Some of these you can do manually. Some of these you can use the, you know, just drag and drop them onto the video. There are certain effects that I use pretty much in every video. 
There are some of them that are on a case-by-case basis. Again, I think go through them, learn them, figure out which ones you want to use, um, and just experiment with it. I've, I've taken like a day or two to just like go through all the effects and transitions and figure out what they all are. What are the most common so, ones you use? Just for the people. I use... Yes. Whenever I want to like fade in and fade out to different clips, I use crossfade. Um, that's very helpful. Just makes that nice little transition. Uh, I use drop shadow on text, so that's an effect. I use regular transitions like fade to black, fade to white. I use that every once in a while. But if I'm honest, I don't think I use effects nearly as much as I could. I think a lot of it is for super basic stuff. And going back to the presets tip, a lot of that you can put on there and then manually figure out exactly how you want it to be and then save it. Uh, save that as a preset. Yeah, I agree. The ones I use uh, the most is um, the Chroma here on Vegas is fine for like basic green screens, but for mine, I need something a little bit more advanced. So instead of that, I go to color corrector secondary. And I'm able to get the green screen effect that I want after a lot of fiddling around. Um, I have right. basically, like, if I film a Back to the Video Games thing, I have an exact preset for the green screen every time to make sure you don't see green or fuzz or weird shit. So I, like, took a day just to make that preset and have it there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, color corrector, secondary. I also use regular color corrector. I tend to lean more toward, like, yellow warmer colors because for whatever reason I look blue and cold in a lot of stuff. So yellow is something that I add to sort of offset that. Cookie cutter, it's fun. I can make circles out of that. So if I have an image that needs to be a circle, I can do that. That's partially how the Get Dusted DW video um, was made. <laughs> nice. Sharpen, I use a light sharpen uh, for videos because sometimes the focus just needs like a little bit of sharpening. And I don't, don't recommend like doing it a lot because it, makes it look ugly just like a tiny little bit uh mm -hmm. does all that you need there's a good white balance one um the tv simulator kind of helped with the tv look when i was making the intro for that gauge and blur is fantastic i Black use gauge and blur a lot yeah smart zoom all that sort of stuff and then as far as transitions probably just like the zoom ones and like the fly-ins and fly-outs. I sometimes use those transitions as animations for PNGs, like the uh, Charlie Brown video. Most of those yeah. were transitions, which are pretty oh, okay. easy to do. And then like text, you can add text through there. Early days in Blue Catch Productions, I did all the text manually, either on GIMP or through cool text, not knowing that you could do that shit in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awful. That wasted I, I've done, I've been there, though. so much time. I figured out, oh, hey, Vegas has literally all the fonts that I installed on GIMP. I can just make it here. And you can do drop shadow. What the fuck? Like, I was on board. <laughs> on board. And you can do drop shadow. You can do yeah, drop yeah, shadow. Sure. You can resize it. You can do all your different fonts. Saves you a ton of time rather than having to make text assets through cool text or GIMP. Do that shit in your editor. It'll look good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, the, the most important thing again here is learn which ones you're, you're planning on using the most, experiment with them, figure out 
what you like, what you don't like. And then if you can, go ahead and make presets for these bitches, especially for the ones that you're using often, because that'll save you a lot of time. It will help you a ton. And uh, in Vegas, you can also see what effects you have dragged on to it. And so if you're wondering mm. why something looks wrong, you can just look at each effect and check mark them to see like which one's causing problems. So if like something's an issue, I can easily like go back and find out what happened. Um, something I do a lot in editing is the undo and the redo thing. Those top two arrows a lot. Like, does this look better? Yeah. Does that look better? Let me see both cuts back to back. Undo, redo, Control undo, Control Z, my boy. LZ. Control Z. I'm not Control good with Z. the shortcuts. Ah! Control Z. It's good. It's good. I use it all the time. Because sometimes you make a mistake and you need to redo it or, you know, go back. Control Z is where it's at. You're right. Um, but, yeah, uh, that shit's, that shit's good. Uh, again, a lot of these little edits and effects and stuff like that, you might not have a name for it. And it's when you're watching other creators, you, you kind of see a thing that you like, and then you figure out what that thing is, and your editing becomes better. And it, it, honestly, a lot of my editing has just gotten better just from watching other people, watching movies more in depth, watching TV shows more in depth. I'm just kind of figuring out these things to uh, make your videos better. Build that creative muscle, right? Uh, yeah. Videos, believe it or not, are a lot about visuals. And so finding ways to visually present your ideas and concepts in unique and interesting ways is like half the fun of editing. Um, and it's crucial, mm -hmm. too, because there are so many so many videos on youtube where it's just a guy in front of a camera uncut like 30 minutes long talking about something and then they wonder why their video didn't do well like you got to make that visually interesting for the people at home cut out the bad mm -hmm. stuff add in an intro and outro spice it up a little bit get different shots record some b-roll transition it in mess with the colors like a little bit of editing can save the majority of these 30 minute bore fests uh, and it doesn't even take that much work. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And now I will say, um, you said a little bit of editing. And I think a little bit is important there because sometimes less is more. I agree. Yeah. Some people go way too far with the editing. They have too many transitions that don't work together. They have too many effects that don't work together. And it ends up just being this clusterfuck of a video compared to it's an art again it definitely is an art it takes time you'll learn what works and what doesn't work the more videos you make and we're just, uh, this is just another one of those where it's like less is more yeah we're just trying to help you not fall into one of those two extremes where not enough editing is a bad thing and too much editing is a bad thing um figuring exactly. out what your needs are for each video will kind of help you sort of find that balance in that middle line like does all this need is a few cuts okay that's fine does it need something else that might take a little bit more time and that's fine um editing didn't happen overnight it does now for me but in the early days that shit took days it took weeks sometimes to get a project looking and feeling how i wanted it to mm -hmm. um 
But that came with, like, learning things. That came with having a creative eye. That came from wanting to challenge myself. And I made mistakes along the way. I've gotten several comments that, like, there's too many pictures here. There's too much visual nonsense here. And the pacing's bad. The framing's bad. Like, I fucked up a lot to get to the pacing (laughs) that I want to have in Back to the Video Games Episode 4. Um, so it didn't, it didn't happen overnight. It was, it was a learning process of figuring out the balance that I need for my channel, uh, to edit, to make the videos that I want to make. And I'm still adding new stuff and learning all the time. Same. Absolutely same. Um, one of the things that I really like about editing other people's shit is that I learn a lot through it. So there's, there's things that I've learned that I didn't know I could do uh, through doing a vlogging channels video or a tech video compared to the type of content that I already make. And, you know, it's, it's either this particular type of content needed this thing or this particular thing needed to be there because the creator of the video said, yo, I need you to make sure that this is done. And I'm like, okay, I can do it. And sometimes I don't know how the fuck to do it. So I have to go learn how to do it so I can, you know, get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, Learning on the job. But it's it's cool. It's fun because then if it's something that's easily transferable to other content, then I can take that technique and put it in my video every once in a while. Yeah. Or make it a, you know, a part of the content. Who knows? And that's a cool thing about like being in this community in particular, uh, especially with all the different types of content we make. Like I learn stuff from you guys all the time. I'll watch your everyday Same. nerd and be like, "Oh, how did he do that?" Or I'll watch Parker do like heavy editing on a let's play of all things and be like, "Oh, I see what you did there. Like that's that that's creative. Yeah. That's innovative." Like Jay will do stuff all the time like that. Kyle's getting better about it day in and day out. Fucking Cowfro edited a beautiful like Splatoon <laughs> video. And that's nothing but cuts, right? But, like, the cuts he mm-hmm. chose uh, were good ones. And he had, he had an eye in a, in, a, in a practice for it to be able to master. Like, I've gotten so much inspiration from our community and how they edit. We, I can kind of picture each other's styles and how we do things differently. It's fun. Same. Absolutely same. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I'll say that the last thing that's important about editing is the part that sometimes takes the longest and that's the rendering yep so i before you even get your first video done take a look at the rendering settings figure out how that works because i know first getting started especially in premiere pro I had to learn out. I had to learn which format the video was supposed to be in, and I had to go through all of that. And again, we won't talk about all that here because it's just boring and not important enough for us to like mention specifics. But figure out how your video is going to for or you know render out as, and then figure out how long that shit's going to take. Because depending on the video, depending on how much you've done in the editing, depending on how long the video is, um, it can take hours sometimes a day and so keeping that in mind again this is where like having a better computer definitely helps out this is where knowing your software definitely helps out because i know for me 
um, after I did my upgrading on my PC, I can render a 4K video that's 30 minutes long in about an hour. Had I done this on my old PC, I, I don't even know if I could have rendered that video. <laughs> you know, it's it's that, because it, it takes that long sometimes. Right. It really does. Uh, I'll just mention, like, a couple of, like, really important things. I'm not going to bore you with all this stuff. And I know it's different from thing to thing. Uh, mm -hmm. As far as video is concerned, whatever the resolution of your video is is kind of what you want to render it at. I know you can, like, render it higher or lower. For, for this, basically, just stay with whatever you recorded it at. So, recorded it at 1920 by 1080. Render it out as 1920 by 1080. Frame rate, 30 seconds or whatever the closest is. If you want to do 60, that's fine. YouTube will probably fuck it up. Um, field order, none. Pixel aspect ratio, one. Bit rate, 16,000 is fine. Audio, make sure it's stereo. And this is the part that's really important. There's a video rendering quality tab. And for whatever reason, it'll just have like good or preview or draft. Make sure that's the highest you can reasonably do. In my case, it's yeah. best. Um, had it not been that, it would have looked a lot worse. And then once I had this template done, save it. Save it, favorite it, do whatever you have so that now, anytime I go to render a video, it's just, oh, there's my little preset. Click, render, done. Um, but yeah, I got all of I my stuff <laughs> from other videos too. And I made sure my project settings matched that as well. Uh, mm -hmm. I guess another tip about like rendering stuff in general is... If you have like a bigger project that you know is going to take a while to render, like get that all done at night, hit render, and then go to bed. It'll be done Absolutely. in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things I like to do, I used to do this a lot when I made personal Let's Plays and it, I render like 20 videos at a time. Um, I know with Adobe Premiere, you got the media encoder, which allows you to render videos, multiple videos at a time. So doing that, if it's possible, Highly recommended um, if you're doing any kind of batch editing, batch recording, any of that. But a lot of people complain about rendering. Mm -hmm. And, like, I kind of get it because, like, yeah, that's time boring. you don't get to use your computer and it's boring and whatever. But honestly, it's like, man, if you just do that while you're sleeping, it, it, it won't even matter. Better yet, like, go it get some food. Take a break. Yeah. <laughs> Take that time to get to have a break because chances are you're, you're just gonna fucking exhausted. To do. <laughs> you're either fucking exhausted or you're just going to use your computer to play a video game or something when you could have just gone to bed or taken a shower or got you some food or, you know. It's a great time yeah. to kind of step away from it after a while, which everybody needs that time. Editing is like intensive. <laughs> it's very labor intensive. Once you're finally done with it and you yeah. hit the render button, it's like a sigh of relief like, ah hard parts over i just gotta click a couple of buttons upload yeah. it you're done all right it's easy unless you're a freelance editor you have like five videos to do that day and you're like well that's one <sighs> and i can't even i can't even take a step back anymore because i upgraded my computer to have enough ram and shit where it's like this video is going to be done in 10 minutes i can go ahead and get the next video ready yeah you so, can work on thumbnail stuff you could work on yes yeah 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 I do thumbnails during renderings. Talk on Discord. <laughs> Talk on Discord. Things. Bullshit around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck around. Sure. Um, podcast. Yeah. 
Record your solo podcast during rendering times. You want an excuse to do a solo podcast? There you go. Call it like behind the render <laughs> or whatever. Behind the render. There you go. There's an idea. That's actually pretty good. That is free. Take that. <laughs> Run with it. <laughs> Just call it rendering time. Rendering time. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. So we went through putting your files in, rough cut, main cut, rendering. Once it's done rendering, you upload that bad boy to YouTube, get your title, tags, all that stuff that we've talked about in a previous episode, and your, mm-hmm. your, your video's done. Find a place to put that video in storage somewhere, preferably with the other ones. Don't have that shit like separated over multiple folders, ideally. Uh, yeah. Things can go other ways, obviously. Uh. And then like, learn along the way. That's the, That's the most important part. Like, a lot of this stuff is going to happen over time, and you'll become a better editor over time. The uh-huh. main message Absolutely. of this video, more than anything, is just, like, practice and learn. That's how you're going to get mm-hmm. good at editing more than anything. Like, we've set some groundwork for you. We've set some foundation for you. Now it's time for you to go do the homework, <laughs> right? You, you're the only one that's going to be able to learn how to edit. Um, you can watch as many videos as you want in the world, get as much help as you need, listen to us, talk about a bunch of different topics. Ultimately, you got to be the one to step forward and be like, all right, let's fucking learn how to do this. And I know it can be intimidating and scary and hard. Push through it, man. You'll make it. You'll make it. Agreed. I will say uh, one last thing that I can think of with the whole editing thing is it might be best, especially if you're just starting out, to watch that video back before you upload it. Because chances are you done fucked up. (laughs) Well, and it's... I would argue that after you get done with a video, you should be done with that video. After you've hit the, the render, be done with it. Don't try to be perfect perfect about it. If there's a if there's a little mistake, don't even worry about it. Upload it. But like sometimes the editing software fucks up and it doesn't render it properly. And so you end up having like uh, an entire video that didn't show up in the thing or an entire background that you had that's important for a client and it happens for five fucking videos because Adobe doesn't make any sense. And sorry. Yeah. Be persistent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be persistent um, on that shit. It, it, check back on videos every once in a while. Make sure things are working properly. Yeah. And, uh, depending on your content, get prepared to do a revision because if it's got copyrighted material in it, sometimes that video might get taken down. So be prepared that that might be a thing. Yep. Knowing how much and, video you have to have, how much music, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And if you're a if you're trying to get into the freelance world, that's another thing. Be prepared. Don't don't turn in that video and think that that's going to be the final thing because every once in a while or even more often than not, there's usually something that a client will want different um and you got to be prepared to Go back in there, fix up a little couple of things, and then re-render it and send it back out. Yep. Yeah. I agree. That is that. That's that's editing in a nutshell, everybody. Pretty much. Graduated from the class. Yeah. You're now a master editor. Go flex to all your friends. (laughs) Go flex. But be sure to share your podcast, share this podcast with your friends as well. <laughs> like, flex on exactly. them and then tell them where to go. All right, that's the important part. <laughs> exactly. You know? We need that watchdog. We want to help everybody here. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what we need. Yeah. More, people to More important than helping. Not to people. help them. His watch time. <laughs> watch time. Absolutely. That was yeah. that was surprisingly easy. I thought that would have been a lot harder, but we did. We covered a lot, a lot of stuff. So. I think so. I think a lot of important stuff too. I am proud. That's epic. I'm hype. So, I, I I think we get into our comments now. Comment time. Yeah, boy. Time to read comments from how many episodes? Just one. Uh, just the last one. Yeah. Okay. Let me head to the ye old comment section. Ye old comment section. All right, I'll go ahead and read one of the comments. And that is from a master, a master. And he says a little LOL funny joke. Mm-hmm. He says, how to deal with the internet? Expose everyone, XD. I chuckled, man. <laughs> you did? I didn't hear a chuckle. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> there you go. That, that was it. <laughs> Let's chuckle. That yeah. was the joke. Um, yeah. You know what? I'm going to let you read the cowfro comment. <laughs> and I'll read the, the patient one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Calfro says, he says a couple things, actually. He says, uh, every Sunday, except when it's not. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what he's referring to there, so we'll just ignore it. Yeah, know? no idea. Weird. Um, at 4.30.05, he says, excellent point. By the way, everyone I follow follows Keemstain as well. I feel compelled to talk shit when he shows up on my Twitter feed. Well, that's what we did today, pretty much. So we did that. I think he'll be proud. I think Kyle he'll be proud, be proud of us. Yeah, we did good, Kyle. Yeah. Talking shit about Cube saying, um, I followed him for a little while just because I was genuinely interested in like what this dude was about, and then a few months ago I unfollowed him because I was tired of seeing negativity on my timeline. Um, and he also says at forty eight forty seven, he said, "What can I say? It's good to be diverse." great foot episode guys maybe don't do another foot episode guys <laughs> well had our first cut went through this whole episode would have been about feet but uh unfortunately yeah it got lost to the sands of time so sorry about that Kevin. it is unfortunate also he enjoyed the comment that you made about like we were talking about cursing and stuff and he said and you said or you could just be Calfro. and uh he enjoyed that he told me personally so yeah. <laughs> I thought of him at Good the job. time. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> just be Cowfro. Yeah. Do it that way. Well, thank you for all the comments, Cowfro and Master. Appreciate reading them, as always. Now, yes, everybody strap in. Grab something to drink. <laughs> Maybe make yourself a sandwich. This would be a while. I'm going to have... order Taco Bell while you read this. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> the order might get to you by the time I'm done reading it, perhaps. <laughs> You're right. Ladies and gentlemen, Leah. Patient, longtime fan, wrote us a novel. It's been a while since a patient novel, actually. We, we haven't had it a few recently. And uh, she came back real big. Damn. She came so hard. Big. She came hard. Do you hard. want to take turns or are you just going to read the whole thing? I'll, I'll try. If I if I get like halfway through and I need your help, I will tag off. But I think I got All right, it. Bet. She starts off by saying, Welcome to another YouTube podcast where we spend over an hour not talking about the subject. Kexty, pre warning you. This comment's fucking massive. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. <laughs> Jeez. Holy shit. <laughs> Next, uh, I wonder how Aiden knows I've been rewatching every upload on the NBL channel. Hmm. 
NBL season three, baby. Get hyped. The summer. (laughs) Fuck it. Hell yeah. I'm ready. (laughs) Uh, Next, she says, I'm mostly going to be talking about how to handle call-outs by commentary channels or people giving you a lot of criticism for a YouTube comment, etc. Dealing with this stuff from family is a completely different issue and is considerably more emotionally charged. That stuff deserves its own Bible, and I won't be talking about that here. So this is actually a shortened comment, then. We could add, like, a twice-as-long one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's wild. <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, here she goes. Uh, I've actually seen a lot of beef around your client. I have my own opinions on that, and I ain't gonna get into them. But oh, I, yeah. But I want to know that he hasn't dealt with it in a good or effective way. Clapping back on Twitter is not an effective way of dealing with drama. If anything, it fuels the fire against you, as tempting as it is. One of my favorite commentary channels... The Right Opinion, very high production value and really interesting content compared to most commentary channels, by the way, talks about this a lot. You can get in drama easily. Getting out of it is the hard part. The response is what will get you out of the situation, and not many channels handle it well. First, identifying criticisms people have without dismissing them is imperative. Acknowledge these criticisms and don't take them as a personal attack, unless it's blatantly obvious, like use common sense. Don't gloss over any of them. Shoving it under the rug will again provide people with more ammunition to use against you. The next big thing is truthfully covering every aspect of these criticisms. If someone has accused you of something that isn't true, get the facts there. Provide evidence if possible. If you've done the thing people are calling you out for, acknowledge, admit, and show remorse. If you want people to get off your ass, especially commentary channels, admitting you made a mistake, (laughs) providing you've actually made one, is a crucial aspect. The biggest thing is to treat your critics with respect. And keep in mind, there's a big differentiation between random angry cunts and providing actual criticism no matter how much it hurts you to hear. Lot to unpack there. There's so much to unpack. Yeah. What do you think? That's a lot. Holy shit. What do you think? So, I am curious about her opinions on the the topic, but I'll leave that for like a private discussion because I don't want to talk about that here. She didn't didn't Um, get personal, thankfully. I appreciate that. (laughs) Right, which I appreciate as well. Yeah, um... I do agree. I mean, I, I absolutely agree. I think that if you have made mistakes that people are calling you out on, like it's it's quite obvious that you need to own up to those mistakes like a big boy. Yeah. And, you know, try to move forward from that. I, I still do believe that there are people, I mean, community or commentary channels or drama channels specifically. This commentary channel kind of opens up to a lot of different topics drama channels which do exist i think are ridiculous i honestly do i think that they just try to talk about everybody and attack everybody and it's not something that i appreciate Mm -hmm. but i it's it's a weird situation because if a drama channel who's used to talking shit about everybody talk shit about you it's like how much how much time do you give that person? All right. That's what I wonder. I feel like it's like a bully in high school again or a bully in middle school. It's just somebody that you should probably ignore if possible. Well, there definitely is a difference between a Keemstar and an H3H3 or iDubs type character. Right. Like, they're both going to call you out for something, but Keemstar is very much malicious and it's very much to boost his own ego. Whereas an Mm. H3 and an iDubs thing, it's an excuse for comedy. And, you know, they're not actively calling you a horrible person. That kind of helps, too. Uh, It does. There's a smart way to goof on people and to call them out for their own shit. There's almost an art to it, I think. Um, We here in the Discord, like, have a pretty simple policy. Like, be honest about, you know, whatever it is, and we'll we'll, we'll work with you. You know, we're not unreasonable people. 
Like, if we It'll have a, dick. <laughs> a problem with each other, like, we'll just tell each other, honestly, right? There, there's not a need mm-hmm. to hide that shit or to turn it into some Twitter beef. Like, I'll go to you personally. Fuck it. Like, you know, if I have an issue, Definitely. we can talk it out. We're reasonable people, right? A lot of people aren't fucking reasonable is the problem. Or uh, over dramatized or overhyped stuff that doesn't need attention brought to it, frankly. Um, you know, like if a family member died or it's, it's, it's a personal dispute, it's a personal dispute. And as much mm-hmm. as, like, the public wants to know, we don't have a right to know in some cases. It's like the whole Game Grumps thing. Like, they split on their own terms. Obviously something happened. They've admitted something happened. But they're not going to tell us because it's a personal issue. Same with Gerard and Greg. Same with all these little big high-profile splits. Like, as Mm -hmm. much as people want to get into all that shit, it's not our fucking business to deal with. And so, like, if it doesn't concern me or concern people close to me or a friend of mine, most of the time I just don't care. Uh, And it's easy for me to shake it off. But, like, it's it's a lot harder when it's you (laughs) under the spotlight. (laughs) For the wrong reasons. Yeah. I think the biggest issue is these kind of mobs of people that blindly follow creators, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a whole nother topic that we could get into in another episode. But it's like I don't want I don't want a group of people to blindly follow me. Yeah. If I make a mistake, call me out on my shit, right? Same. I, again, I'm a big boy, I can take it. Mm-hmm. Um if there's a criticism that you have in my content or who I am, go for it. If I feel like it's warranted and I feel like I can improve on it, and it, then I will do so, right? But it's like the the issue that I have is when you're one creator, one person. Let's not even talk YouTube terms. Let's just talk people here. You're one person who tells a lot of other people um, about somebody else. And then all those people blindly follow you to go attack somebody else. Yeah. I'm not a fan of That's, doing it from a place of hatred yeah. either. I think intentions are a big part of it as well. Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, with my particular client situation, and again, I won't get specific, too specific here, um, like there were multiple people, like hundreds of people just telling him to quit his channel and quit YouTube and quit his community, like quit doing what he was doing in general. And I think that that's just ridiculous. I honestly do. Mm-hmm. That there was no, I, I I felt like there was no constructive criticism in the situation, and to take it out of that situation, I feel like that happens a lot, yeah, both on YouTube and with real life, again, regular people, yeah, real life, yeah. All right, back and to the comment. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get back yeah. to the comment. Here. <laughs> uh, she says, even if you do those crucial things, there will still be people on your ass. It's impossible to please everyone. Learning to differentiate between pointless insults and actual constructive criticism is imperative to creating anything in any environment. I see too many people who just say, quote, block the haters and ignore any criticism no matter how constructive or truthful. That is not a good way to go about life whatsoever. You'll never learn anything doing that, and eventually, someone will hit you too hard with a big fuck-off truth bomb or something, and it'll break you because you never learned to front it out. Playing it off as jealousy or meaningless hate is not good whatsoever. I've always said living in a world of only positivity and locking out any negativity is harmful to you. There's a huge differentiation between angry twats, <laughs> that's a funny word, and people criticizing yeah. <laughs> you, even if it hurts to hear. People online need to learn the difference. So many people just don't and refuse to even attempt to learn it. Agreed. Probably I my agree. 
probably my favorite line. I've always said living in a world of only positivity and locking out any negativity is harmful to you. Negativity mm-hmm. fucking matters. <laughs> that shit's important. And how you deal with it and how you process it is huge as well. Part of my like three-year depression was just because I couldn't process my own feelings about the issue and share with other people. And I thought, like, right. you know, fuck it, it'll get better, right? I'll just stay positive. I'll stay a happy face. I'll work through it. Like, no, I needed fucking help. <laughs> like, Relatable. Clearly, yeah. I can't deal with it on my own, right? Uh, so that's absolutely true. As, as important as positivity is, and we try to preach it a lot of the time, knowing how to deal with negativity is just as important. Um, but people don't deal with it right, and that's the problem. <laughs> For sure. And I, I think the other thing is there's, you know, there's a there's a problem on both sides of this equation. Some people just don't know how to deal with negativity. And some people just don't know how to give constructive criticism. Yeah. And that's a problem, on, again, on both fronts. There are too many people who try to, who try to be constructive, but it's really not constructive criticism. It's just you know, putting somebody down, telling them to quit their channel, whatever it may be. And there's too many people that think everything is hate, and that's just not the case. Some people just genuinely want to see another person improve. Yeah. So, it's a balance. It's something that you got to learn by living life. It really is. True. That's what it comes down to. I think, you know what, the biggest way to, like, make sure that this isn't a big issue for you is do your best to become self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing your own faults before people call you out on them is, is a blessing in yep. disguise. <laughs> that shit will help because you so much. It's like, I know probably 99% of what's wrong with me as a person and as a content creator and as all these things. I know what I'm confident about and I know what I'm not confident about. And I know that I'm actively improving on a lot of things about me. And there are some things that I'm going to need my friends and my family and my viewers to call me out on to improve just because I'm not that self-aware. Right. Mm. But it's like, I, I feel, I feel confident that a lot of the things that I need to improve on, I'm actively working towards. Which is good. And that's always a good thing. I strive. Yeah. I, I, I hope that everybody can get to that kind of point. That's basically what I'm doing in therapy. (laughs) So, there you go. Alright, next paragraph. Obviously, if people are making violent threats, just insulting you, unless you're like a Nots, then I think that's probably passable. (laughs) Or using aspects like gender, skin color, sexuality, etc. to attack you, don't feed them. Those people cannot be reasoned with whatsoever, so the obvious solution is to block or mute notifications, etc. etc. for that. The bigger issue here is trying to deal with widespread misinformation. The best you can do is deny it and attempt to provide any proof you can that debunks it. Here's the thing I want to point out on. Patient has brought up this idea of like providing evidence and being sure that you have enough facts and providing proof and debunking a lot of that stuff. Is it just me or is that harder to do in an online era? I feel like... It doesn't matter. (laughs) You think? Like, I feel like so many people are so skeptical with like... Yeah, you showed me this Discord conversation, but how do I know you didn't fabricate it? Or like, yep. you know, yep. like it's, it's, yeah. how do I know? How do I know the evidence you're providing isn't fucking wrong? <laughs> right? Or I it's mean, an attempt I, I, to make yourself look better. I think we talked about um, misinformation last episode. 
or this this particular episode that she's commenting on and it's still one of those things especially de- like seeing this drama play out with my client this past week it, it's insane how little that matters if people want to believe what they want to believe they'll they'll believe it that's and true I, yeah. I i don't know what the the solution there is there's this thing called negative bias and, and positive bias where it's like if you know somebody like i know you aiden Right. Like pretty well enough after talking to you for like literally hundreds of hours for this dumb podcast. <laughs> right. Like it's like we've gotten to know each other pretty well through the last couple of years. And if somebody came out and said that you were such and such and you did this particular horrible thing, I'd be like, I don't believe that. That's bullshit. Right. Right? And they could provide certain evidence and I might still not believe it. Yeah. I feel like I'm a pretty reasonable guy and I can look at evidence and, you know, I feel like I'm pretty open-minded. So maybe if they, maybe, maybe I could kind of turn around and say, all right, this evidence in particular makes sense and reevaluate our friendship. But I don't think that would ever happen. Sure. <laughs> you know, but it's. That's so tough it's though, man. The, Especially. It's the same thing with negative bias, right? It's, mm. if somebody that you really like. If, if, if you were to make a video about me and somebody that doesn't watch me watched your video about me, it's very easy for them to say that, well, I like Aiden. I like his content. I like what he stands for. Obviously, this other dude is bullshit. He's done shit that's wrong. I mean, it, it doesn't matter whether I did anything wrong or not. It doesn't matter if I'm a good person or if I didn't make the mistake that you're claiming to make. It, it literally wouldn't matter because some people just blindly follow other people. That's so tough to deal with, man. I don't. Yep. <laughs> that is such a. And sh- it's. Ah. That's like it, it, it's harder. <laughs> Honestly, it is, and it's it's very difficult to deal with. It's one thing to deal with in in high school, right? Somebody says that some some girl is pregnant to like get aroused out of other people. Like obviously in nine months when this person doesn't have a child, they're fucking wrong. like <laughs> they're fucking wrong, right? And even even then, like usually in high school, you can just get away from those kind of rumors and stuff. But like on the internet, when you have literally thousands of people coming after you, asking the same questions, not doing their own particular research to to see whether that's correct or not it, it, it you just end up with like the wrong people informing the the new people i saw the this client situation there there's a claim that this guy is doing something that's immoral because he doesn't have a particular certification or whatever right mm-hmm. and again i'm not going any farther than that i'm just trying to use this as an example and it's like there are he, he's he's answered this question hundreds of times probably he's made videos about it but there are still people in his new videos in the comment section saying why don't you have certification for this thing mm-hmm. and then you end up getting other people that don't like him commenting back to that original comment saying well here's the reasons why he hasn't answered this question or he hasn't answered it or we don't know we want to know and it's, it's just a bunch of misinformation. Uh, it's, it's a misinformation circle jerk. And it sucks. It really sucks. Yeah. 
that's 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 some heavy shit right there holy holy fucking cow like (laughs) yeah i think we also have to i'll just say one little bit and then i'll go back to the next part of the comment yeah i think people need at least a little bit to realize that the internet is inherently dishonest um because of the yeah, fact that you're never gonna get the full picture of somebody without seeing mm-hmm. them or knowing them like face to face you're never gonna have that full picture and in order to judge somebody right fairly you have to have all the information available it's a lot easier for a court case to do it when they have both people and video evidence and like friends who lived near the house or whatever but when you're making claims from like thousands of miles away to people that you've never even met before on some basic inherent level there's always <laughs> going to be a little bit of dishonesty in there i don't care how mm-hmm. much you think you know the person or, or how close you think you are or how how strong you think your claims are how much evidence that you supposedly have you're never going to have the full picture ever Agreed. Because of the internet, because of the fact that it's so anonymous, because of the fact that YouTubers have a personality that they show through videos and not their full self, usually Mm. nine times out of ten. Because of the fact that it's advice and people glean whatever they want from it, personal experiences, all that other shit. You're never going to know the full picture. And so I think from, from now on, we have to kind of expect, on a small level at least, and I don't mean like everybody's an asshole... I just mean to go into it expecting not to know the whole side of the story. To be open-minded, mm-hmm. basically. To come to the conclusion right. that you're exactly. never going to be able to have all the pieces together. And that based on what you have now, you can form a conclusion, yes, but it's never going to be like a, a, a final answer on the thing, right? It's never going to be 100% mm-hmm. accurate. And that that right there is, is at the core of all of this, I think. Yeah, and I, I, I think, again, just one more thing before we get to the rest of the comments. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, my suggestion, <laughs> this is this is my suggestion right here. Don't fucking worry about other people on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't, like, if somebody is doing something that you don't like, like, oh, well, boo-hoo, guess what? Like, they probably are not affecting your life. Yeah. It's Now, there are circumstances. There are definitely circumstances, right? If somebody, if a big YouTuber killed somebody, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that, Star did it. I saw him. Or <laughs> he he ran. He was like, "I'm fast as fuck, boy." He killed a man. But uh, blood, supersonic speed. <laughs> more specific, uh, when the Me Too movement was going around, and there was a lot of, lot of people coming out of the woodwork as, um, being sexual harassment and. Uh, all that kind of stuff. There was a couple of YouTubers that ended up like being harassers. And I think somebody even got down as a rapist or something like it, you know, very serious shit. That's different. Mm-hmm. Take that shit seriously. Really try to do your research. If this is somebody that you watch or follow. Uh, but I think when it comes down to like really petty shit, things that don't personally affect you, things that don't per don't really affect the entirety of society like get over it (laughs) that's how i feel personally yeah that's a fair point but you know that's a fair point i don't know all right back on the comment uh she kind of moves off of this and kind of transitions a little bit 
Um, she says, you touched on people coming from online into IRL. I just wanted to chime in on it quickly. Doing your best to mm -hmm. obtain anonymity on the internet is imperative. I don't mean like VPNs or use Tor, etc. I mean common sense precautions. Don't post pictures of your house anywhere. Don't make your phone number public. Avoid making your full name public. Like all these common sense things that people forget to do because we're so integrated with the internet. People don't... People now don't consider internet safety because of how involved it is with their lives now. Just use your brains, people. Now, not doing any of these don't excuse people actually finding you IRL. That's disgusting, predatory, wrong, and they shouldn't be doing that. But you can minimize your own risk and everything. everyone should be doing it. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything here that I don't agree with. 100%. Yeah. Like, Do your best. <laughs> be vigilant. Protect your shit, man. Don't fucking yeah. go to a YouTuber's house. <laughs> ever don't go to a youtuber's house yeah fuck that scares me man yeah, i'm, I'm <laughs> like that just i'm worried ugh. i'm worried you never know okay never know last little bit here i'll, I'll just read the rest of it this comment is cool. really rambled and i shouldn't and i should start planning these big fuck off comments out before i post them but hey i'm tired and can't be arsed right now Lamau. if anything needs to be clarified <laughs> just ask me and i will the biggest two pieces of advice anyone should really take away from this comment are these think before you post anything and criticism does not equal baseless hate. I've dealt with a lot of criticism in my time on the internet, mostly because I do have anger issues and I clap back too quickly, too harshly, <laughs> and I haven't dealt with both pointless hate and cr criticism effectively in the past. Over time, I've learned to think before I respond and deal with my anger. The biggest part of that was differentiating between personal attacks and pointless insults. I tend to mm. meme on the pointless insults now, Lamau, but it's worked for me and my communities, and I like to think I'm considerably more respectable now. Well, I'll get back to you with more topic ideas when i have them i was like That's that too you know everything yeah. is an insult everybody's doing me wrong everybody's out here trying to get me not necessarily you don't know fucking mm -hmm. they could just be joking with you they could be making supportless insults like they're not actually harming me i'm fine <laughs> like i'm, I'm good <laughs> exactly and I, again i think this is it's like the whole cyberbullying thing i personally believe bullying cyberbullying any fat in general um there's obviously a certain extent of it where it's like this is not okay this is very wrong um you need to seek professional um help you need to seek you know like the law to like get this shit taken care of but a lot of it is like like if somebody calls you a name i just fucking ignore it or meme back <laughs> that's how i feel about it meme right? back it's like i man I can't tell you how many hate comments I've like just been like, LOL, you right. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's hilarious. Somebody's like, what's this what's this bearded fat dude making videos about Titans for? And I'm like, LOL. Lebow Yenis. LOL. Maybe find a new Taco Bell would be so bad. Hit the dab. Speaking of five minutes, boys. Five minutes? Wow. That's yeah, funny. that was quick. I, I guess uh, I guess just to Number one, thank you for your comment. It's always patient. I love absolutely reading yeah. these. For all you guys, thank you for the comments. Fucking novels. Secondly, um, <laughs> I think the main thing I'm, I'm getting away from this is like a lot of people when they go into YouTube think a lot about like the kind of videos they're gonna make or the creative presence or the fun stuff, right? Uh, that's what gets mm -hmm. you into doing YouTube. It's not the drama. It's not the shit. It's not the personal attacks or the mean comments or all this sort of stuff like that. I think what YouTubers and people getting into it need to learn is that, like, 
you as an entertainer, you as a public figure, because that's basically what you are, have an image, right. right? And a reputation. And how you carry yourself about in your videos, how your comments carry yourself about, how you act on Twitter, um, the people you interact with speak a lot about you. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. too much, obviously, as we saw with James Gunn and other people. Um, yeah. But if you're a YouTuber, you gotta you gotta just realize you're a public figure now. You're an entertainer now, and any any problems that can come from that could and very much will happen to you. Um, drama, unnecessary mm -hmm. shit, personal attacks. It's not fun. It's not great whatsoever. Um, but I feel like at the very least, if there are any new aspiring YouTubers who maybe haven't dealt with any of this stuff to realize that it is a thing and to think about how would I react if I was in that scenario? How would I behave in that certain instance? And knowing yourself can hopefully prevent a lot of this stuff in the future. And like, just in general, don't be an asshole. <laughs> like, you know, that's the other thing. Just don't be a dick, <laughs> man. I have, don't be a dick. I have no need to ruin other people's shit unless they're personally affecting me. So, like, let it be. <laughs> I agree. But you're a public figure now. You gotta deal with this stuff. It's very much real, and I'm glad Patient kind of pointed out, like, both ends of it. The faults of the commenters and the people watching you and the fault of the content creator themselves. Where you can either be, like, too selfish mm -hmm. or the commenters are too hate-driven. They're both awful and shitty. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not fun. Not fun. Not, <laughs> not fun, fun whatsoever. But thank you for the comment, Patient. Thank you once again. Yeah. That's cool. all of them. Well, let's end it off then. Yeah. Uh, if you have uh, a comment on this episode, what's our question of the day for editing? Question of the day. How experienced with editing are you? And uh, is that something that you want to continue to get better at? Or is it something that you're happy with? Yeah. Just tell us, just tell us like your personal editing stories yeah. journeys problems whatever anything you want to say about editing leave that down in the comments below and please for the love of god suggest us some topics <laughs> topics please nice. i'm just gonna start saying it at the beginning of every every episode because people don't watch <laughs> Welcome to the end. youtube podcast where we need your topics <laughs> comment them yeah yeah you're please. right please we need them they're very important but uh Send it off. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to anchor.fm or dash another dash YouTube dash podcast. Um, if you want to give us money every month or one time or whatever, we'll take it. Yep. Yeah. Money's <laughs> yeah. good. Um, it just helps keep the podcast around, you know, all that good shit. But uh, anyways, my Taco Bell's here in like two minutes. So I've been Zach. And I've been Aiden. <laughs> And we want to thank you for listening to this episode of another YouTube podcast. Wiki feet! Goodbye! <laughs>